This is the MLW Radio Network. The following podcast is brought to you in part by Front Row Material. And here's your host, Mr. Mike Freeland. Let the discussion begin as soon as that bell rings. Your mic isn't connected, it says. My mic's connected. There, now it is. Thank God Almighty. My my, mic was connected. Christ. Yeah. Sorry about that, Mikey. Wow. I mean... I mean, there's ways to try to get the star to come back, but this is probably not... You know, you're worse than my job. Because when I I take off my job, you know, I say, well, I'm going to be off on PTO. That doesn't fucking happen. People bother me and everything else. Yeah. Hours in a day. So I'm on the podcast... Thing I'm fucking, I fucking part owner of. I say I'm not going to be around for a while. I got shit I got to take care of. Yes, I am off the clock. Yeah, I'm sorry, but thank you for 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 fixing things. I appreciate you. Look good, by the way. You look real good. Yeah, thanks. What's going on? Oh man, same old, same old, man. Just I know. Kinda, I can tell. Just kind of not being able to get my <laughs> get my shit together, and well, this, this is yes. it's now because for those of you who don't know, he called me on Sunday. Freaking oh, to find we... out because his computer wouldn't start properly. Yeah, so so uh, so I'm not I'm not being much of a professional here. I know, I know. Bro, so here, uh, I tell you so... now, Bubba, you're no professional. You called him, Mikey, on a time off. You're making work hours and hours. I can I can't even do it because I'm so agitated. So you fixed my computer in in an absolute nightmare situation I was having on Sunday. You were in panic and mode. I was in panic mode. And I'm in panic mode right now because here I am trying to get shit done. I have no access to anything. Yeah. So did you, have a, did you have a guest tonight? We did, and I've reached out to them already, and I've let them know we have a slight technical difficulty. So are they expecting uh, to be on? Yes, they're going to be coming on. So who's your guest? It's going to be Silas Young, Ring of Honor Silas Young. Oh, very nice. The last real man. The last real man? Yeah. All right, come on. Okay. I tell you what, let me... Uh... Hello, then I'll say goodbye. Okay, I can do that. Uh, entertain everyone for, for one hot quick second here. My I've been free. doing that for the past 10 minutes. I know, I know. Let's see here. Give me a second here. Uh, I feel like I should throw it to a commercial, shouldn't I? Okay, hold on. Liam, uh, I appreciate that you missed me. I will, uh, I'll be back at some point. Don't, don't panic, everybody. Don't panic like Freeland with technical issues. There he is, Mike Unit in the house. Mike Unit will be joining us later on. I promise you, Mike, uh, you're going to be part of the panel. Uh, Christopher Butt's going to be joining us well. Hey, uh, wait a minute. Mike Unit, do I give you a, uh, an 8x10? I think I do, because I finally got out Logan Slater's. Uh, six months later. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> the so level like, of I don't. I don't. No. Do I owe you? Are you supposed to get one? Because I have one here that says Mike, and I think this is you, but I don't. Uh, I don't know for sure. It has to be because you don't. You've never signed an autograph for me, so. You can pay for it, you cheap fuck. I know. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of figures. Well, I'm glad everybody's here. I'm glad 
Mike World Orders here. Liam Savage is here, a.k.a. Vince Russo Jr., who just went ahead and Jersey Devil. Uh, shaved himself. Yes, Jersey Devil, welcome in. Good to see you as well. Promise you, hide my dick. You're in here. Boogie Boog, the Boogster. We're going to be doing something live here. I got the package over uh, about four feet away from me. We're going to be opening up my, my package uh, later on in the show. And uh, I'm excited. Jersey Devil, who did I make the picture out to? I don't remember. ECW fan, what is up? I've lost track of all fucking sense of order. Logan Slater's, I finally sent his out. Was Logan, how, how did that work? Was the Lo, was Logan Slater part of a contest that we had? I don't know. I, I don't know. I was in a good mood one day. I started fucking giving out all pictures the, and shit. Yes, that's right. And you you you, you signed hashtag, a lot of them. Hashtag, hashtag Freeland sucks 2020. 2020. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that now. It was for Christmas. <laughs> oh my God. It's almost April. It was a Christmas gift. <laughs> Happy Easter. I still don't have my Christmas gift from the rip. Well, that's because you guys were supposed to meet up at the at the bait and tackle shop and have lunch. What was it called? I could, I could have walked to his house and back You could have. Absolutely you could have. Ouch. Spreadshirt. Who's Spreadshirt? Liam Savage. Who's Spreadshirt? Spreadshirt. 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 Do I use Spreadshirt? No, Spreadshirt is where you can get all the FRM uh, merchandise, the hoodies and all that. So oh, basically, he said he has not gotten his stuff yet. We can't even log in, so sorry. Yeah, we can't. Order another Seriously. one. Seriously. <laughs> Order another one. <laughs> I bet you'll get something. I can't take this. This is the antithesis of what we are. We can't get yeah. into email accounts. We can't even get our merchandise. Our merchandise is through a... Uh, through a PayPal through another country, so we can't even get the right cut going here. Dude, this is a mess. It's, it's awful. We just need to blow everything up and start over. We do. Somebody, somebody was telling me they're like, you know what, you, you uh, trying to be like a Conrad, aren't you? I'm like, no, no, I'm not. What fat? What? I was gonna go with organized, but no, that didn't, well, that too. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate the love. Thank you. Uh, God, I hope I haven't. Uh, hmm. <laughs> okay. Um. Okay. Perfect. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right, kids, keep your pants on. We are about to bring our guest in here. Here we so, go. So hold on. Yeah. I probably, I probably won't hear him. If I can get this straight, here we go. So are you going to be doing one of these little dip outs? What? Are you going to be doing one of these little dip outs? So you're in here and then, peace. Yeah, that works. Well, I know that. If I could have done that two years ago, it would have been fucking fabulous. I'm mm-hmm. on five minutes and then leave. All right. There'd be no pressure. You like my snowball that I got right now? My snowball. <laughs> What the fuck is it? It's a microphone. It's a brand new type of microphone I got. So why, why is it, uh, what is uh, significant about this? Because it's it's really good. There's a couple of different microphones that are really good, and Snowball is one of them. Sounds good. Keep breaking up. What? Um, are you serious? Yeah, good job. So lower the, lower the camera so I can see. 
This thing's like a hundred dollar microphone. Snowball blue. But it's white. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I talk into this part where the logo is, or do I talk into to, to, is the ass end supposed to face that way? It might be in. Uh, Shut your mouth! It's not fifty dollars. Eat, eat shit. Hide my dick. It's not fifty bucks. What kind of camera are you using? Just the one that comes on my laptop. The one I that. Can tell. Uh, can I upgrade the camera? Don't I look? Are you saying it doesn't look good? Well, you might look better blurry. You know, wear contacts. Wow. Get that big glare in the glasses. Is there anything else that I have not either a done hold on, right hold or? Hold on, Lucha Freddy says that is indeed fifty dollars. Hide my dick says bullshit. I get one to work at for fifty dollars before my discount. Twenty bucks. No, we just and went to Target. Slow, by the way, pedal. all right. So let's let's go ahead and let this me. This is bring cutting into my PUBG time, by the way. I realize that. Let me let me go bring Silas in here. Right, video game. We are finally here. I do apologize for the technical difficulties. Silas Young is joining us, buddy. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How about yourselves? I I wish I could say better, but technical difficulties have unfortunately uh, <laughs> hampered this. So I appreciate you bearing with me. I yeah, saved no for asking again for you yet again. Yes, joining us right now is the irreverent Mikey Whipwreck, looking very dapper. I'm glad yeah, you got dressed up for the occasion. Appreciate that. Well, so it's got mm -hmm. a little more uh, <laughs> vibrant than I am. He is. He's he's very vibrant. He's also a man with a beard. I like that man. Looking good with that. Yeah, I usually uh, keep the beard because I'm not a big fan of the mustache in my personal life. So I like <laughs> to uh, just wear the beard and then shave the mustache in for wrestling. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, very, nice. very cool. Nice. So before we get into things, how you been, man? How's life treating you? And uh, I've been I've been pretty good. You know, we're getting back to doing taping somewhat regularly. It's only every couple months, which is better than going like eight months without it. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, so that's good. It's just, um, you know, feels like things are kind of getting back to normal a little bit. So just, you know, just doing my thing, training and wrestling as much as possible. So what's it like trying to keep yourself kind of in, uh, in game mode, if you will, um, when there is such lags in between working? How do you kind of keep that energy and that focus moving? Is it, is it hard to kind of stay self-motivated or do you find out, you know what, over time you just start to kind of develop that work ethic? Uh, you know what? I mean – Honestly, like last year when everything closed down, you know, we thought it was going to be like a month and a half or whatever. So I thought I'm just going to take this time and not worry about working out or anything like that and just let my body heal a little bit. And uh, then, you know, it turned into a couple months and I just got I got I got lazy and uh, I didn't really work out a lot. So it took a little bit once we started coming back somewhat, you know, not regularly, but just on a, a little bit of a more schedule. It took a little bit to get back in the gym, but now, you know, it's been a handful of months, so it's a little bit easier um, to just, you know, stick with the routine since it's a routine, but the whole not wrestling thing all the time, that's, that sucks, man. Like, you know, you're used to working, uh, you know, maybe eight, ten times a month or six, eight times a month, and then you go to work once every two months. It's really hard. You know, I still try to get, get in the ring and train, like, at one of the local wrestling schools, but... It's just not the same. It's not the same as, you know, performing and then even just doing shows with no crowd. It's just, it's a, it's very weird. It just takes me back to like training days, you know? Oh, it's gotta be horrible. 
yeah, yeah, it's not not fun at all. You don't have any crowd to feed off of. It's just uh, feels really really foreign to me. Any talk of them letting people in soon, even at a reduced capacity? Uh, I mean, I think there has been some talk of that, but it sounds like that might not happen until maybe uh, the summer. And if it did, it sounds like it might be uh, limited or maybe invited. But, uh, I mean, it seems like things are opening back up. I got a friend who uh, works, like, in the concert industry, and she mentioned that, uh, like, some of the states have opened up. And, like, I think as of April 1st, like, maybe Georgia is going to be open, like, uh, 100% to just having to have masks, like, no social distancing requirements or anything like that. And I know there's a few other states that have opened up. So I think once... Uh, you know, more stuff starts opening up. I would think Ring of Honor would want to uh, try and get out on the road and tour again. But I mean, I think I think everybody's excited for that. I think it's just, I think instead of doing something limited, I think they're probably going to wait until stuff just opened up. But I could be completely wrong too. So I'm just happy April 5th here in PA, they're going to open up the bars again. Oh man, you guys don't even have the bars open by you yet. No, if you sit down and, and you can get a drink, but you can't just go to the bar. Wow. That's, oh, that's now, how is that any different? It's not. It, yeah, it's really not. It's it's really silly. It's uh, the idea of, like, standing versus sitting with a mask on. I mean, yeah. I get that they're trying to be safe and everything, but it's just like there doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of rhyme or reason to why things are done or not being done, you know? Well, they had but, the curfew, too. They had to close at, like, 11 o'clock. I was like, well, what? happens after 11 o'clock that doesn't happen at 7 30. yeah i know i know I, I i get what you're saying i uh i mean for me i'm here in milwaukee and uh the milwaukee proper like the actual city of milwaukee they're a little bit uh stricter but uh, milwaukee's like a weird city area where like a lot of the suburbs are like meshed into like milwaukee where you can be like milwaukee west dallas milwaukee it's really weird. So I technically live in West Dallas and the bars have been open here since like last April. So, oh, uh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been going to bars since last year. So when I was taking the time off, I was spending way too much time going to the, the bar instead of, uh, you know, taking care of myself or whatever. But yeah, I mean, the bar, the bars are open here. They're, you know, they're serving food. There's no, there's no regulations. Like at some of the bars I go into, like if people come in with a mask on, they harass them. About it. They're like, what the hell are you doing with the mask on? So. I guess you've taken a couple months to go to the bar. Not a bad thing. I I've been doing that since 95. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Uh, seemed a good, it seemed a good idea at the time. Yeah, right? So with everything that's been happening right now, has Ring of Honor given you guys any indication on when a schedule may be changing or a tentative schedule or anything like that? Or is it just, Hey, stay tuned, follow your emails. We'll get a hold of you and let you know. Right. Uh, I mean, there's like uh, rumors and stuff like that, that, you know, just guys talk about that, that they were hoping that like, so like I said, we were doing tapings every two months. Uh, our last taping was uh, like a few weeks ago in March. So we'll go back in May and then July again. But the rumors that I heard was that they were hoping that maybe, the July would be the last tapings that we have to do without fans, but that's all just rumor. That's not even anything that was even said by anybody, you know, it's just happenings or guys talking, you know? So that's, that's what I'm feeling uh, like what might happen. You know, I've, I've saw a lot of stuff about how 
they think a lot of the country is going to be vaccinated by July 1st. So, I mean, that seems to make sense to me. I really hope so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we were, I was talking to several different people within the industry and I wanted to get your take on this. Cause I think this is interesting. Um, people not going to work and being stuck at home and whatnot, it definitely plays a part on the psyche and Sometimes too much free time is not a good thing, especially when you like to keep yourself busy. Have you talked to anybody that you've worked with who's kind of been like, God, I'm going stir crazy. I don't really know what to do with my time. I can only work out so many hours a day. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of people feel like that. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Last year was really hard for me. Uh, like I was uh, I was married a long time and I uh, had ended up moving out shortly before the whole close down thing happened. So it was a big it was a big life changing thing for me, you know, my personal life and then my professional life. So, I mean, I know it was really hard for me. Uh, you know, I know other people mentioned it was hard, you know, you're stuck at home with whoever you live with and no matter how great your relationship is with someone, just being stuck in the house with any person, uh, for months on end like that, it isn't good for anybody, you know? So I think like, uh, I think a lot of people were affected by it, but you know, no one, no one that I know that's specifically, uh, you know, said they were necessarily having a hard time with it. But I just think in general, I think it was hard for everybody. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that one. Uh, let's kind of wind the clock back a little bit pre pandemic. Uh, how does Silas Young feel like he's doing within Ring of Honor? How do you feel like things are moving in the right direction? Kind of walk me through that. Uh, so, you know, pre pandemic, uh, Josh Woods and I had just started doing uh, kind of just started getting going on the tag team, uh, two guys, one tag. And it was actually going, uh, you know, really, really well. Josh had been with the company, um, I think, for like maybe about two years at that point. And, uh, you know, just kind of getting his feet wet. And uh, he has really good, really good potential, uh, great, uh, you know, great skill and a great background that he came from. He is a uh, multi-time national uh, wrestling collegiate or collegiate wrestling champion. Uh, you know, he, he, he looks awesome. So we were doing this tag team together and was really picking up some tread and we were having really good matches. And it felt like, you know, it was looking like we were going to be working towards being tag team champions and then everything just stopped. So, I mean, I was feeling good about things. So it was, uh, it was a, a big mind, uh, big mind messer to, uh, to have that happen. It just made everything just stop. And it felt like any, any progression that you made with anything you were doing currently was kind of just all scrapped and thrown to the side anyways, because for months, all they were doing was having like a, like a, a special piece, like each week they would do an episode on, on one guy or a tag team. And then by the time it came back, uh, you know, people had forgotten whatever the storylines are. People have short attention spans nowadays. And that's got to be tough too, because, you know, when you feel like you've, you've progressed and you really have started to get some momentum and then all of a sudden, boom, you kind of hit a brick wall and then they're going to say, well, we're not going to be working so frequently. And then everything gets reset. You know, you almost feel like, well, hell, all that hard work, we're back at square one again. How do we get that momentum back? Right. Um, your time in Ring of Honor, let me ask you this question. So you've been in several different promotions before and, and traveled. How would you describe your experience with Ring of Honor as opposed to other promotions that you work for? Uh, I mean, so I feel like Ring of Honor is like the first place that I've actually had like a job uh, at where, you know, I was able to 
take care of myself financially with it. So there, that's a huge part of it. Um, it's definitely, definitely different in the aspect. Like I had the opportunity to work for some really good independent companies. Um, I worked for AAW out of Chicago, which is a you know, really good independent. It's one of those places. And I, I'm sure Mikey could attest to this. Like sometimes when you go do indies and you get booked somewhere, you don't know who you're working with. So maybe you're a little hesitant about, what you might be willing to do with uh, whoever you're working with that night. But, you know, AAW is one of those places. I was like, oh, it doesn't matter who I'm booked with. I'm, it's going to be good matches. You know, they use really good talent. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like Ring of Honor is that exact same way. You know, guys don't get jobs in wrestling uh, by accident, I guess. I mean, sometimes there are guys that are better than others. Yeah, of course. But for, you know, generally speaking, uh, everybody you know that you're going to work with there is professional. So that's, uh, I think that's the big, huge takeaway. But I definitely, it's weird, you know, for forever, like when you start out, you want to be able to make a living at it and just not have to like work another job or whatever. So you can, so you can, you know, call yourself a professional wrestler. And uh, then you get that opportunity and then you miss doing the independent show. So it's, uh, it's just one of those weird things where, you know, you always hear like the saying, enjoy the journey. Sometimes the journey is better than the destination. And uh, I mean, the destination's great. And I, I love working for Ring of, Honor, Ring of Honor, but I definitely miss, uh, I miss traveling and working more regularly and doing independent shows. So you mentioned AAW and, and obviously we, uh, we have some connections and some ties with AAW. They never uh, really me. Move on. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> hey, I gotta go, Silas. Good talking to you, man. You too, man. Stay safe you. out there. You too. All right. Be Bye. good, Mikey. If you need See help, you, buddy. If you need help, don't hesitate to call somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I will, dude. I'll right. see ya. See ya. If I can figure out how to leave this thing now. <laughs> yeah. Silas, the one thing I'd like to share with you is when it comes to front row material. We have so many technical issues, it's not even fun. Like, this is par for the course right now. You were probably thinking, my God, I agreed to come on this shit show, and now it's 20 after 9, and this guy's not even – yeah. Well, our audience knows nothing ever quite goes right. Right, right. But, so kind of getting back to, to your career, and for people who may not necessarily be 100% familiar with every place that you've been, who first broke you in? And how did you first get the wrestling itch? How did that all kind of come about? Uh, so gr growing up, I mean, I was a wrestling fan. I grew up with five older brothers. They were all wrestling fans. So I was a fan of it as a young guy. And then uh, out of high school, a buddy of mine had trained to be a wrestler. And I went and watched his first match. And that was where I decided that I wanted to, I wanted to train. I wanted to do pro wrestling. Uh, so at the time, I'd actually reached out to this place in Green Bay. I had went to a bunch of independent shows there and I knew they had a training school. So I, I, I checked them out and I, I called the number a bunch of times and left messages and never heard anything back. And then I, I ran into my buddy who I'd went to school with and he said, hey man, you know, there's training here, right around here if you're interested. So, you know, I, I uh... still there? Yep, still here. All right, sorry thing went out for a second uh yeah so you know my buddy I ran into him he said there was wrestling around the area where we grew up so I went and trained and the guy that I trained under his name was Chris Bassett he was like uh he like you know did like job matches and stuff for the AWA and the WWF like uh probably in like the early to mid 80s and um 
So I'd started out with him, but, uh, you know, after, after a while of training, I had done a handful of matches, but I didn't really know a damn thing. Like he was, uh, the type of guy who could, you know, teach you how to take bumps and lock up and stuff like that. But he didn't really have the mind for putting things together. So I had, uh, I'd actually like my fourth match, I had dislocated my elbow. Oh, geez. So that put me out for a couple months and it, and it needed surgery. And during that time when I was healing, I was like, man, uh, you know, by that point I had met people through wrestling a little bit, just from training and doing shows. And I kind of realized like, uh, you know, these guys kind of taught me some of the basics, but I feel like I need, like, there's, I need to learn more. Like there's, I need to learn how to put matches together and I'm not going to learn that here. So by that point I had, uh, met Mike Mercury, who was from Green Bay and uh, trained Ken Anderson and was actually the guy who ran the uh, the dojo that I had originally tried calling and left. Well, hold on a second. looks like we, uh, in front row material fashion, friends, uh, have yet another technical issue here. Bear with us here. We will come back uh, with Silas Young as he talks about his career, how he breaks in, and uh, all of the things that surround where he is in wrestling today. Man, I tell you what, it, it never stops, does it? It never, never stops. That's probably our gimmick. I used to think it was just Jerry Lynn, but you know, Jerry Lynn hasn't been here for quite a while, and uh, it, it just it just never stops. It never, never stops. We're going to hopefully get... Um, we're hopefully going to get Silas back in here, but what I'm going to do right now, and I'm going to try to, <laughs> I'm going to try to do this, guys. Uh, bear with me. I'm going to go ahead. And I'm going to throw it to a commercial, and when we come back, hopefully we'll have Silas back. If not, uh, we will try to dial Silas back up. But we're going to get the discussion going as well. Uh, I've got some panel members who are going to join me tonight, so don't go anywhere. We will be back right after this. Oh, you know what? Hold that thought on the commercial. We're back here with Silas. Here we are. But was that you or was that me? No, that that was me. I had someone that was trying to call, um, uh, so I just had to answer because it was someone, someone that was stopping by. If if you have something that's family related, business related, by all means, no, take it's all that good. Call. It's just just a friend coming over to hang out. So he just got nice a bit earlier. Then that's all. Um, Very cool. Yep. Yep. But yeah, so you know, I got I, I did the training with uh, with Bassett, got hurt, contacted Mike Mercury. Then I went up and I trained for a few months uh, and kind of just learned how to put things together. And that's kind of how I got started in wrestling. So when it came to that, you know, obviously the people who trained you, but you know, now looking back at your career, you're a veteran, you're seasoned. Um, who do you think gave you probably some of the best advice in? And I don't necessarily mean about putting matches together yet, not the creative side, but what are some things that people told you about the business, the road, etiquette? What was that like? Because we often hear a lot of people say there's a certain etiquette. What was the mentality that you were taught? Um, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, like I watched a lot of like documentaries and stuff like that uh, about like about wrestling and I just kind of learned like you know, how you should, you should keep your mouth shut and ears open. Uh, and then just like, I don't know, I guess I've always kind of just been like that anyways. I didn't want to come into anything acting like I knew what I was talking about or I knew what I was doing. So I think it was kind of a personal thing, but obviously there was guys along the way who, you know, uh, would give advice. There was a guy by the name of Angel Armani, who was kind of like my wrestling mentor and he helped me out 
um, a lot with stuff. Although it's kind of funny because he was definitely someone who would rub people the wrong way. So <laughs> maybe sometimes I would learn not what to do by watching what he would do. Um, but I think I think like the the big thing I took away early on was to just try and get out and work as many different pa- different people and different places as possible, and to really try and work with guys who are more experienced and better than you. You know, a lot of, a lot of guys, I feel like on the independent scene, they always work with their friends or, you know, they're worried about, uh, trap, always having to travel together, which is nice if you can get some of your friends booked and stuff. But, you know, if it's something that you really want to do, you got to really like try and just get out there and make a name for yourself and not be afraid to, you know, drive to another state by yourself and go do a show and walk into a locker room full of people that you don't know at all. You know, that's like, I think that's the big key is that you, you know, try and get your name out there and make a name for yourself. Was there anybody that you, you kind of adapted and you took some of the things I know it's, it's funny. I believe Jim Cornette uses the phrase, uh, if you steal from one person, it's plagiarism, but if you steal from a bunch of people, it's research. Um, right. so was there anybody that you really took away from like, Hey, I like the way such and such does this, or really like the way someone puts their match together. Was there anybody that you, you kind of honed in on early on in your career to say, I'd like to kind of emulate what they do. Uh, not, not any one specific, uh, but I mean, just guys that were really good. Like I started in, I started training in 2001, you know, there was uh, like, I guess, I mean, it wasn't really around, but it was around, but like ECW and WCW around, there was a lot of the good uh, Lucha Mexican guys that were working in WCW at the time. And uh ECW, you know, they, they were ECW, they had awesome stuff. And it was so, so, so different than anything that you were seeing on like WWF or even WCW kind of. So I kind of just tried to keep my eyes open and see, see stuff that was entertaining, see stuff that people liked. Uh, I mean, I like guys like Shawn Michaels, uh, Rob Van Dam, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, you know, just guys that were really technically sound, but then also guys that just really um, kind of captured the crowd. I think a lot of people would say you have a very unique look. Um, and I've told a lot of people as well. It's that very, it is that manly man that, uh, that almost that throwback kind of, you know, um, like a, like a Stan Hansen uh, type of look. And was that kind of something that you, uh, you kind of wanted to, to go for? Was there kind of the, the, you know, brawny type of guy, or was that just something that just kind of came about? Because it, it definitely is an intimidating look. I will tell you that it comes across the camera really well. Uh, so like when I first started out wrestling, I just like, I grew out the hair long. I never had long hair before that. Uh, there. And I was just kind of, I was just Silas Young. I was a guy who had like long hair and a beard and I was a good wrestler, I guess. Um, I just liked uh, I liked the long hair look. I always think it's a, a, a good addition. It looks good when you get hit. Uh, it looks different. You stand out. You don't look like every person. The majority of men have short hair in life. So there, there was that. But then uh, after, you know, about, I don't know, about eight, nine years of wrestling, um, I kind of gotten opportunities to do other stuff like work with Dragon Gate USA and do some stuff with Ring of Honor. And I kind of realized that, you know, in wrestling, there's a lot of guys out there that have a first name and a last name, but not really a whole much of a character to them. And uh, I was kind of like, you know what, I, I know I, I know I'm good and I know I can, you know, have good matches with all these guys, but I feel like I need to do something that's going to kind of stand out a little bit. 
so like around that around that time you know uh the terms like metrosexual uh were a new thing uh guys wearing skinny jeans were a new thing just the whole like um like guys getting their eyebrows waxed uh stuff like that and it was like gave me this idea of doing the character of the last real man like the men the men of nowadays are not like our fathers or our father's father and uh growing up i had five older brothers my dad was a a real hard ass guy he was a, a firefighter he was like the assistant chief and my dad had a mustache and slick back hair uh, and he was like a no-nonsense type of guy so that was kind of the whole idea behind the character was to try and just do something a little bit different and give a little give a little depth to myself so the the, the whole last real man thing that was something that uh kind of evolved because of society and the way i was brought up i think nice i like that i i it's interesting to find out how people create their gimmicks and their personas and where that kind of all derives from. And it's neat to hear something like that. I think personally, um, you've got, and, and I mean this in a good way, you've got like that 80s type of AWA, Stan Hansen, rough, rugged, I'll beat you up in a bar type of deal. Like you probably were hanging out with the Road Warriors. I seem like you would work really well with the Horsemen. It just <laughs> comes across that way. Right. Um, I take that as a huge compliment. No, I do. I love your work. I think your work is tremendous, and I love your gimmick as well. Let me ask you this question. When it comes to your career, where would you say are some of your high points that you were incredibly proud of that looking at you're like, wow, that was that was a huge accomplishment for me? Um, I think I think one of the first real big things that I did that I was really, really proud of was first time uh one of the first times i did a 60 minute match was for this place um like joliet illinois it was called mspw and i worked with a guy by the name of jason hades and uh it was it was just a, a really good 60 minute match the crowd was just really into it the whole time uh then when i started working for aaw out of chicago uh you know Danny Daniels gave me a, a lot of opportunities to work with really good guys. And I think I said that earlier, like, I think the key to getting better at wrestling is working guys that are better than yourself. You know, you, you and your friend can have really good matches, but you guys are only going to get so good because you need to, you need to work with other people who, who, who've done more, been more places and have different perspectives on things uh, to give you different ways to look at things. So I think that's uh, a big thing for me um, in like 2007, I'd done like a handful of dark matches for WWE and then uh, it got brought down and did like a week long tryout at OVW. Uh, I got offered a job, but then it got kind of taken back before it could even happen. So that was, that was really cool when it happened and it really sucked when it got taken away. Um, And then I think uh, just starting with ring of honor, uh, I, I really like working for ring of honor. I like the atmosphere there. I like the locker room. Every all the guys are great. There's a really good camaraderie. Uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of trust and a lot of creative um, freedom there to 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 give ideas and, and do things the way that you know you feel like they should be done. So that's a big thing for me is that I, I really enjoy that creative freedom that that Ring of Honor allows. Well, that was what I was going to mention. I think a lot of places nowadays, I mean, your friends and your colleagues will will attest to some places that will stay uh, unnamed. Everything is very, very much to a T. Say this, do this, stand on the X. What you guys do is some of the greatest entertainment there is. And I'm not saying that because I'm a wrestling fan. I'm saying that because 
it is a performance that there is no cuts. There is no, it's a one take thing and you're on national TV. So you better not fuck it up and you do it very well. And if there are things that don't happen the way you want them to go, you guys do a great job of improvising and being able to think on your feet. Um, Do you think that the wrestling business has changed, unfortunately, in a negative way to where wrestlers who used to be very creative now when they want to go to, let's say, New York, uh, they get stifled, and that's why they burn out so quickly? I mean, it's not always about the money. It's about the fact that you love what you do. Do you think that can burn somebody out pretty quickly? I I think it absolutely could. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's hard to deny that working for WWE isn't the king. You know, they're the king of wrestling when – when you talk to an average person about wrestling, they say, "Oh, like WWE style wrestling." You know, that's yes. They're the they're the Kleenex of of they're the Kleenex of tissue paper, if that makes sense. No, it everybody does. Always, everybody always says, "Hand me a Kleenex, not a tissue paper." Kleenex a brand yep. name, just like WWE's a brand name. So there's that, but there's also they have so many guys under contract there, so it's almost like a, it's almost like a lottery on whether you're going to you're going to get used and then it's a lottery on whether you're going to get over with the crowd, if you're going to get over with the office. And I could definitely see how, if you're somebody who enjoys that, uh, that creative outlet and just that freedom to do your own promos or, you know, have, have the decision on how you put your matches together. I could definitely see that being burnout. You know, I know like, uh, PJ black who works for ring of honor. Now he works, he worked for WWE for years and, he was like, I feel like he was a guy that they never really gave an opportunity to. Sure, he would get used on Raw and SmackDown or whatever here and there, but they never really gave him an opportunity to kind of just give him a little momentum, a little push to see what he could do. So I could definitely see that being very, very frustrating for guys. How do you feel, and I'll only uh, take a couple more minutes of your time and I'll, I'll let you go here, but how do you feel about the those these doors being opened? We keep hearing about it. You know, now this promotion is working with this promotion. Are you Silas a fan of promotions working together in unison, creating uh, storylines that go back and forth? And one reason I ask that is because I think it could be interesting because it could open up more opportunities for people instead of just hey, this promotion, these guys are working together. When you may have some people who are not being focused on, you could do some crossover stuff. Do you feel like that crossover is a good thing or do you think, no, we should probably just focus on our own home guys? Uh, I mean, I can see both sides of it, but I think it's a good thing. It's, it's good for the guys. It's more opportunities to, like you said, if you're a guy who's maybe not being used a lot and then you're doing some kind of cross promotional thing, uh, it might give those guys opportunities. Uh, It's good for the fans because they get to see stuff that they maybe didn't think they were going to see. And I just think it's good for, for the business in general. It helps create a buzz and it gets people talking about it. You know, when I, I decided to train to be a pro wrestler, uh, like a month after two thirds of the wrestling companies in the country had closed, which was, you know, a, a terrible business decision on my part. You know, it's wrestling is already hard enough to uh, get to a point where you can make a living at it. And I decided to do it when it was like the worst time possible. So now to have like, a place like Ring of Honor where you can make a living, a place like uh, Impact where you can make a living, a place like AEW, WWE. I mean, there's so much wrestling on TV right now. It's it's nothing but good for uh, for the guys and girls involved as wrestlers or just involved in the business, and it's great for the fans. They're definitely getting to 
see stuff that if this was, you know, 20, 25 years ago, it would have never happened. How big do you think it is that, you know, with Impact Wrestling, and I know AEW, um, guys are able to take independent bookings in addition to their, you know, television um, commitments and their house show commitments when they're on tour. Does Ring of Honor also give you guys the opportunity that in between that you're able to go ahead and supplement that or is that kind of a situation of we prefer you to stay just with our brand so some uh some uh, i think it just depends on your contract status to be honest with you uh like i i'm one of the guys who has an exclusive contract so i can't i can't do any shows in the united states but if it comes to stuff like in canada or anything international we're free to do uh whatever we want to do uh you know and they and they give us a lot of leeway too where if there's any uh you know outside projects that we want to do we're allowed to do it. Like for instance, I'm actually uh, in the process of getting a last real man whiskey made. So that's uh, something I'm doing. Uh, as oh, a, that's a, tremendous. Yeah. As a little side venture. And, uh, and, and it's nice to be able to do the, uh, the international stuff, but I can see like, it would be nice to be able to do the independent shows, but I, I understand the company's position of, you know, um, we're paying you guys a good amount of money. We don't want to risk you guys getting hurt or even just, especially when we were out touring, you know, if, if guys are getting booked on independent shows and you can go to an independent show two weeks before and see like three, four or five of the guys that you want to see from ring of honor, then you're less likely to buy a ticket when ring of honor comes to town. So I get, I think that's, I think it's part of the thinking of is like keeping you exclusive makes the fans have to come to ring of honor to see you wrestle. And also the, the liability of just, you know, someone getting hurt or something like that. So I, I understand both sides. Um, now with how things are with only wrestling every like every two months i really wish i could do some uh some independent dates even if it was just you know a handful of dates a month just to be able to get in the ring more regularly and just feel a little bit more polished i think you would do an amazing job um and you may have gotten these opportunities with acting as well uh if you ever decide to go in that you ju- i just have that feeling you, you kind of got that bounty hunter type of uh <laughs> that kind of look right there i right. i don't know maybe you, you have such a unique look, and I think with your personality and whatnot, I think even after wrestling, you're definitely going to have some doors open for you. Um, yeah, I mean, that's something I definitely want to do. I did uh, – so I, like, Ring of Honor kind of hooked this up. There's a, a, a pizza line called the Screaming Sicilian. I don't, know yes. if, I don't know if you guys have that. I did a couple commercials for them for that, and they were really funny, just really fun uh, experiences to do. And uh, I've, I've looked into doing a little bit of acting stuff, and I've actually been – uh, talking to someone who's out on the East Coast and works with uh, a production company, and they'd asked me about it. So it's something I'm trying to start getting getting my uh, my feet wet in, so to speak. It's definitely something I'd want to do. I really like I I obviously like the wrestling part of wrestling, but I really like the um, like the creativeness and and like the backstage vignettes and interviews and stuff like that. I feel like that's the thing I really excel at when it comes to wrestling. Do you think it would be something that you would, uh, once you do decide, hey, you know what, my in-ring is done, you would take a position in creative or you would take a position um, uh, maybe as a booker or something to that nature? Is that something that would interest you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I look at, uh, ideally, I would like to work in wrestling until the day I die. Uh, I would like to, uh, you know, even if it's it's training guys, uh, doing something backstage, creative ideas anything i just i i really love wrestling i love being around it so it's that's definitely something i would be interested uh you know as the years pass that's awesome 
I cannot thank you enough. And, and you've been so gracious with your time. And I appreciate for everything kind of going haywire in the beginning. But um, how can people follow you? How can people reach out to you? Um, what are some ways that that people can follow Silas Young and, and keep up with him? Uh, you can follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at LastRealManROH. Uh, if you're interested in any merchandise, you can look at ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Silas Young. Uh, there's also merchandise available, uh, two guys, one tag merchandise, as well as Silas Young merchandise available on ROHWrestling.com. And uh, if you are smart enough, you can probably find me on Facebook, too. Nice. Guys, we are going to push that. I'm going to send links up to on our Twitter page to go ahead to get the merchandise, support Silas. Awesome, dude. It's so interesting when you're a wrestling fan and you finally get to meet people that you really respect. Um, You know, they often say don't meet your your heroes or the people you look up to. But you know what? There are times when meeting them is above and beyond the experience, and I definitely think you fall into that category. Well, thank you. I know I I always enjoy meeting fans. I'll do these little tours up in Canada uh, for CWE, and they're just – it's like one it's like a show every day and he's had some really long tours like 37 shows in 37 days and Ooh. he does and he does all these like i don't know if a lot of people know but apparently like 90 percent of the canadian population lives within 90 minutes of the american border so wow. so when you get up uh, a little bit more uh i guess central or northern parts of the uh of the provinces um you know, these are really little towns and they really don't have a whole lot there. So when you go and you do wrestling, you know, uh, the wrestling shows, they, they draw pretty, pretty decent. And uh, I've definitely had a lot of experiences where, you know, I'm sitting out selling merchandise after my match and fans will come over and talk. And they're like, wow, you're such a different guy than uh, who you portray, which I take as a compliment because you know, I take what I do seriously. But I'm definitely like in real life, kind of the complete opposite of the character I portray. Wow. It just shows you how, how well uh, you, you take your craft and how good you are at what you do. Well, thank you. So, guys, by all means, follow him on social media. Like I said, I'm going to put the links up to the merchandise. Please buy that and uh, follow him. Follow Ring of Honor. Uh, it's a great promotion. We love it, and we can't wait for things to get humming again. And uh, the the train keeps on rolling for, for Silas Young, my friend. Thank you for having me on. Anytime, I'd be glad to come back. I appreciate that. You take care of yourself, sir. Thank you. All right, man. Have a good night. You too. All right, guys. That is Silas Young. Awesome guy. Um, I had a chance to kind of chat with him even before we we set up the interview. Uh, We just kind of going back and forth. And, you know, I kind of mentioned it in the interview where sometimes, and and I've personally experienced this, you'll, you'll reach out to a star and you'll say, hey, would love to get a chance to talk to you. Would you come on the show, or I'd be more than happy to promote whatever it is that you're working on, projects, um, and and I've gotten blown off, and um, it's tough. It's tough, but, you know, like anything, um, you just got to stay persistent, and you got to keep at it, and for every no that you get, you get a yes, and you get a Silas Young, and you get a great interview, and you get to know somebody a little bit deeper than just what you see on television. All right. Good deal, and we will keep you posted on the whiskey as well because I think that would be amazing, and I know our audience would love it as well. All right, so uh, no writ this week. Unfortunately, he had to uh, to step out during all of our technical difficulties, but I will be 
Did you see that? No pun intended. But we had a reference to Canada. We're going to reach out to our panel when we come back. So don't go anywhere. We're going to step out for a small break. But we come back. The panel discusses things that are going on in wrestling, how things have changed, and what do we expect to happen next. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave me. shirt too sexy for my shirt so sexy it hurts and I'm too sexy for Milan too sexy for Milan New York and Japan Take it. And I'm too sexy for your party too sexy for your party no way I am disco dancing I'm a model, you know what I mean, and I do my little turn on the catwalk, yeah, on the catwalk, on the catwalk, yeah, I do my little turn on the catwalk. guys a great interview like i said before just kind of doing a recap with uh with silas young right now let's go ahead and let's bring in one of the main guys on our panel he is from canada he is known as the butt but you know what he's anything but that he is my dear friend christopher how you doing man i'm doing good mike how are you bud i got no complaints life is treating me well your beard is looking spot on i tell you what you look you look fresh you look good, my friend. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. So just got done with an interview with Silas Young, who I, I found to be very, very interesting. Uh, I, I try to ask some questions that aren't 
typical, you know, um, and just try to get more of an insight to the performer themselves in in a different way. So what do you think about some of the things I, I kind of tried to ask him about his thoughts about the cross promotions? I think we saw in Ring of Honor, the, the last pay-per-view, they kind of kicked that door open as well. And we're starting to see that crossover happening there as well. What's your thoughts on that? Do you think the crossover thing, now that we've seen it for a few months, has gone as well as some wrestling fans would have hoped it? Or do you think, you know what, so-so? Mm, I like the cross promotion. Personally, it just opens up more avenues for people you don't necessarily see, depending on the region you're in or what you're watching. From, there's only so many hours in a day. And there's a lot right. of good wrestling out. So you can only take in so much. Well, I can't anyhow, because the wife will kill me if I watch TV all day long. Well, I'm with you as well. If if I literally sat myself down in front of the TV for, for longer than a few hours, she'd say, get your ass up. There's something that you should probably be doing. And uh, I will agree with that. I will agree with that. So in addition to that, you know, we're seeing some things with Impact Wrestling, obviously with AEW that's kind of gone back and forth. I don't know, and this is just my opinion, if we've seen really the best yet. I feel like the best is yet to come. Would you agree with that right now? We've seen, obviously, Don Callis come on over, and that's been interesting. We've seen the Good Brothers come over, and I thought that was kind of interesting as well. But is there anybody in Impact Wrestling that you yourself would say, man, I want to see that person? Sammy Callahan. I would agree with you on that one. I think that would be an amazing. Do you think we'll wind up getting Sammy Callahan? I hope so. I can't see. Why not? What do you have to lose? Depending on his contract. Maybe he's got something in there. Who knows? Why wouldn't you? Yeah, it is one of those situations where it does depend, like Silas had mentioned in the interview, um, what your contract has. But I think a Sammy Callahan, bringing him in, you could put him against Moxley. I think that would be incredible. I think you could put him against Kenny Omega. I really think that you could put Sammy Callahan in the ring against just about anybody, and you're going to have yourself a hell of a, a hell of a match. Mm -hmm. 100%. You can't go wrong. Sammy Callahan is underrated. He can yeah. get off a good match. He can wrestle, but you can also get into chair swinging, table busting, little hardcore stuff. Not to say hardcore, but you know, a little more rough and rumble more of the violent nature yeah i agree i agree with you completely uh we are going to go ahead and we are being joined uh by vince russo jr there he is i see him smiling in the room uh he's coming back hey don't call me jesus it's too close to easter but you may call me vince russo jr here he is he's back he's hanging out He's hanging out outside again. Not really quite sure what's going on. Is it because the kids are in bed? Is that the reason? Yeah. Yeah, my daughter's in bed. My brother lives here, too. He's in bed. And should I turn it the other way? Because uh, there we go. Maybe a little bit uh, better. Okay. However, however, we get to see <laughs> those beautiful flowing locks, my friend. All right. Very good. Man, so it, it's good to see you. So we just welcomed in the butt. How is life treating you? Yes, you Pinky's go, out, man. Pinky's <laughs> out. Bottoms up. That's right. Up. How is life treating you, my friend, since the last time we spoke? Uh, you know, beard's coming back, I guess. I, I don't know if you can see it. I can. I can. I see it. There you go. Starting Where? to come in. You happy now? <laughs> you're you're it's, not it's there. 
You're not at the at at Christopher's level, but then again, no, not many of us are. So, right. I unfortunately am in the prepubescent teen boy stage of my facial hair. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Vince. You can shave your beard you? in literally a few days. <laughs> you can have stubble. I shave, and I am like a newborn baby's bottom for months. So, you know what? Really? Really, like when when your balls drop at some point, it'll it'll probably go okay. But you know, like until then, I, I who knows? You know. Hey, you know what? I'm waiting for the danglies to, to stop to step on out, but they're they're just not. Yeah. So, okay. it happens. <laughs> it happens. Did you get a chance to check out the uh, the interview with Silas Young? Did you get to see hear a little bit about that? Yeah, I got parts of it. My computer is just going completely haywire. So yeah, but I got parts of it. Yeah. Um. I really like when it comes about Silas Young to kind of keep it going uh, with the contents of the interview. I think he's got that rugged man's man type of thing, and and his gimmick is the 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 last real man. And yeah, I don't know. I I feel like he's the '80s. The look he has. Would you not agree, Christopher? He's got that that AWA. Um, and I know some people were throwing things out like Rick Rude and uh, Steve Kern. Um, I even threw out uh, Stan Hansen as well, but there's something about that look that just certain people just have it. Would you agree? Hundred percent. He's got the throwback look. I'll be a hundred percent, hundred percent honest. I discovered Silas Young today. Nice. I I I don't follow Ring of Honor. I should, right. but I, but I don't. So once the you put it up on Twitter. I went to YouTube and watched some of his matches. Fantastic worker. And he's yes. got a great old school look. But he like he's a, a Hansen, a Kern, rude, not so much. But no, he's got a great old school look. And it's got that great attitude about it too. He he looks like a guy that will punch you in the mouth as quick as he look at you. He is like the last man. He'll have a smoke, drink some whiskey, you know, hit on your old lady and punch you in the face because <laughs> he can. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you. It's one of those things where, you know, sometimes, and, and you'll probably agree with this, Liam, sometimes a look is something a wrestler has to work on. And sometimes it may take a yeah. while before they finally settle on, okay, this is my look. But with some guys, they just seem like they're born into it, and it just it just comes natural. Who would you say, Liam, really has a look, uh, kind of like a Silas, that just you look at them and you're like, okay, I know this person's going to be somebody. Um, You know, kind of like what Butt was saying, like, you know, when he referenced Stan Hansen, I mean, like, that guy, all day you can think, okay, he's a, he looks like a cowboy, you know, he's just going to beat the shit out of somebody. Um, Silas kind of has the same the same look you know he has kind of rugged look like you know he's just gonna get in there and just beat the living shit out of somebody and uh that's that's kind of what you want you want to be identifiable and you want to be able to get in the ring and people go you know what that's someone i wouldn't mess with you know um i can't say maybe one specific example but you know like there's there's lots of people through history like like uh sabu for instance you know he has a whole gimmick down right like you know, you're talking to him last week. He has a whole gimmick down, and he uh, he exudes that 
confidence when he gets out there and you know just certain things like certain characteristics like he won't talk certain things like if you if you're going to be dedicated to your character you know there's certain things you have to do and just kind of stay in and there's some people that they kind of go off um off the reservation when they end up going you know off the camera some people stick to it and uh you know i really appreciate the people that actually stick to it no, I agree with you 100%. Um, and, and you name some people that just have that presence about them. You know, we've heard we've heard a lot about, you know, Pat Patterson has made the comment before. Uh, Bruce Pritchard has made the comment before. But um, Dwayne Johnson, when he was coming up, you know, a lot of people think it's just nepotism that got him to where he is. I, you know, I, I feel like that gets thrown around a little bit too much because there's a lot of other second and third generation stars that didn't necessarily get the the big push. I mean, you can look at Ted DiBiase Jr. didn't necessarily really get the good push. Yeah. Uh, Cody and WWE didn't really necessarily get the push, and his dad was Dusty. So that doesn't necessarily fall into my belief system. But I think when it comes to somebody and they have a look, that's one part. But they got to sell themselves and they got to work hard as well. Um, yeah. Who would who would you guys both say? We'll start off with Christopher here. Somebody who might not have started out necessarily rosy, but uh, they started to get their sea legs under them, and you really saw them just kind of take off after that. Oh, good call. Um, maybe Bray Wyatt when he was Husky Harris. Yeah. You know, never really got off. Never. No, then he turned into Bray Wyatt. And look at him now. He's red hot. Yeah. Literally, because they burned his ass. But <laughs> right. that's a great point. But I, I was gonna say, um, like referencing uh, Cody Rhodes. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, you know, per se a huge fan of his. But you know, when he was in WWE, it's like, oh, I'm Cody Rhodes. I have the last name. Uh, my brother and my dad are associated with me. Let's get them into the angles. He did the Stardust thing. You know, whatever. Terrible. But. But the yeah, but the thing was when he left WWE and went on his own, he made that list, that famous list that he made, and he checked off everybody he wanted to work with, and uh, he really started to make his his name known. And he, you know, he went out there and just grinded and and really worked his ass off. And look at him now. I mean, he's he's one of the more important people in the North American uh, wrestling right now. Uh, just look at everything he's accomplished in, you know, just even a year. And, um, you know, people can talk about how he, you know, maybe, you know, his, his work rate or whatever, like people will, you know, say whatever they want about him, but he has really risen up and shown that he can stand on his own and not just have the name behind him, even especially when he wasn't having access to the Rhodes name. It was just Cody for the longest time. And he has the Rhodes name now, but people aren't necessarily focusing on that. They're like, oh, he got his, you know, the last name back. Great. But, you know, it's it's more like he's developed himself. You know what I mean? No, I agree with that. And and I like the 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 Bray Wyatt um, aspect of it, too, because once again, I mean, his, his dad's Mike Rotunda. So you would necessarily think, once again, nepotism, they're necessarily going to get it. But that's not the case, guys. That may get you an interview. That may get you in the door to talk to somebody, but you got to sell yourself. Uh, so many times I've heard people say, well, 
you know, in the teaching industry where I'm at, well, such and such got them the job. And I feel like sometimes that may be true, but in a very small percentage of that, because you may get the interview, but if you don't answer the questions the right way, if you don't say the right things and express, you know, how to handle situations the right way, an interview will basically just end right there. Um, it's an opportunity, but you have to go ahead and, and make it come through. It never hurts to, to know somebody, whether it be you no know, friend or your kin or something like that. But it's only going to get you so far, unless you know, they own the company type of thing. Then, well, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Well, you, but, you can even spin off of that with, uh, say, Eric Watts. You know, Bill Watts was one yes. of the best promoters out of the, the 80s, right? with the UWF Mid-South. And uh, when Eric Watts joined, a lot of people were like, oh, nepotism, I see. And it's not that he was necessarily a bad worker, but you know, the fact that he got thrust in that spotlight the way he did, not the best idea, maybe. Um, especially considering not just the boys, but you know, just, just fans in general are going to look at the last name and go, oh, well, let's expect him to be equal to or better than his dad. And it didn't work out, did it? Oh, Eric Bischoff's young fellow, too. Don't forget. <laughs> uh, yeah, this whatever is true. his name was, Grant or Garrett mm. or something like that. Garrett Bischoff, yeah. Didn't pan out well. No. no, things don't always turn out the way they people think they do, and and I think that's what makes wrestling really, really interesting. Um, really good comment with Eric Watts. Mike uh, World Order says that. Um, Mike World Order also says the Von Eric kids as well. I mean, yeah. look at. Definitely, definitely. No. If you haven't seen this, and, and I don't, I'm going to ask you this: Have either one of you guys seen? I gosh, I want to say I own the DVD, but I'm going to have to check. There is a documentary that I've was seen both. Fun. Have you seen how? Oh my God! If that doesn't turn your stomach and jerk some tears out of your eyes, yeah, what that family went through and just the tra- holy crap! Right, uh, especially the heroes of world class. That was the one that was non WWE, and yes. my God, just. Uh, I've never seen it. It's 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 uh, a tragic story. There's no doubt yes. about that. That's sweet Jesus. Yeah, how much yeah. can possibly happen to one family? It's devastating. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when 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 Carrie um when when Carrie borrowed his his dad's pistol, and I thought, oh man, I mean, with everything that's happened, really, you're gonna you're gonna give your son that. But I, I guess it was a situation of maybe he didn't think about you know his son doing that. But I mean. God. I just, I don't know. I, I mean, just, just as a father myself, I can't imagine having to live with that just with my daughter. I only have one kid. Just imagine living with that just with my daughter. Now, times that by five, I, I can't even, I can't even begin to imagine what he went through, what Fritz von Erich went through. It, it's absolutely terrible. Can't even begin to imagine. Little Psychopath says the dark side of the ring about the Von Erichs was also good. Absolutely yep. great comment there. Um, so many different things that are awesome. Speaking of things that are awesome, a guy who I have had a chance to get to know and I highly respect. Great show. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about his show as well. Merchandise that I've gotten from him too because, yes, I've I've mooched off all the people that I love in this business. We his know. name is is Mike, and he's a leader of the Mike World Order. There he is, guys. Man, <laughs> Mike, thank you so much for taking time to join the panel tonight. Uh, thanks for having me on. Dude, it is my pleasure. I've been repping out the the merchandise and whatnot, and everybody's like, whoa, Mike World Order, you. And I'm like, no, no. 
This is my Please. cook, baby. This right. is my That's cook. right. You know, it's okay. funny. That's what mom says too. My cook, baby. So <laughs> your mom is a smart woman. That's what I'm oh, going to yeah. tell you right now. Exactly. Mom exactly. knows best. Exactly. But the first thing I wanted to mention, so I noticed, you know, you guys were like a little bit uh, when I mentioned the Vaughn Erics. Um, you also got to remember it as this. Some of the Von Erics weren't really Von Erics. They just brought that in and changed them to a Von Eric name just to see they get the rub. Right. Lance Von Eric. Exactly. Waldo Von yep. Eric. Um, yeah, Waldo they, Von they don't count. The, the real Von yeah, But I'm just saying. We're all you legit. Know. And back to what you were going at the beginning about the Forbidden Door and, you know, the promotions and all that. Um, and maybe it's just me freestyling. Mm -hmm. I'm a big Japanese wrestling fan. Yes. They've been doing that for years. Um, the Americans, we've been doing it when it was territorials just to make others look good. But then once Vince took it over, it pretty much was, well, if you don't like this promotion, you can go there. But it's never been interpromotional. Whereas Japan, you see it all the time. And they look at it from a business prospect. They're trying to help that company get notified. And they're helping that probably top star for the company to get notified. You know, prime example. I'm going to give you all guys a little throwback. So 2009, Togi Makabe won the New Japan's G1 Climax. Ryuji Sai from Zero One won their Fire Festival, which basically happens at the same time frame. Mm -hmm. They did an interpromotional match at a Zero One show where it was Makabe versus Sai. Because if you have... It's not on New Japan World. You got to actually have the Samurai TV version of the 2009 G1 final. After Makabe won, Ryuji Sai showed up backstage with the Fire Festival sword and challenged them. Oh, wow. Yeah. So even though Ryuji Sai lost in the match with Makabe, that was probably the most packed 0 1 show at Korokan Hall since the Shinya Hashimoto era. And because of that, not too long after that, because people kind of tend to forget, sometimes a big loss ends up giving you your biggest push. And right afterwards, Ryuji Sai won his first world heavyweight title in the promotion. So Japan's been doing that for so many years, it's, it's, it's not even funny. Even to the point of bringing in, you know, the Gaijins and putting them over. I mean, let's be honest. Before New Japan, Fergal event was nothing but a guy working the independent circuit in Ireland and whatnot. New Japan gave him a chance. They pushed him. You know, they broke that forbidden door. That forbidden Mr. door Finn shit. Finn Balor. Yeah, well, Finn Balor. But that's, <laughs> that forbidden door shit has been, like, irrelevant in Japan. They've been doing that since the beginning. You know, just like the, the biggest debate who was the very first IWGP heavyweight champion. And I had to mention it on my friend's uh, show that he does on Instagram, The Real Dr. D, who um, he's supposed to be meeting with Mikey at the expo in uh, Maryland next month. I can't make it. The ticket sold out. So, but uh, even he mentioned it, you know, a lot of people kept debating on uh, the interpromotional thing because New Japan back in the day, who were they working with? 
they were working with both the NWA and the WWF at the same damn time. And All Japan, who were they working with? The NWA and the AWA at the same damn time. So if anything, what we're seeing in 2021 is what I've been seeing the past 20 plus years in Japan. You don't see it as much in Mexico because they're pretty much like America. You stick with this promotion or otherwise we kick you out. You know, that's that's how I look at it as the theory of the forbidden door. I think that's once again, even though Tony Khan thought of it, you got geniuses like Cody, Omega, the Bucks. They they get the whole Japanese concept of, you know, how to use your talent. Because right now we got AEW. We got Impact. We got AAA. And we got New Japan. All working together. You throw MLW in the mix and that's a wrap. Because they work with AAA. Who works with those two promotions? Pro Wrestling Noah. It's the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Exactly. Sizzling. I love his take so, on all this. This is great. The, it, my oh, cook man. right now, I'm telling you, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna leave. I'm gonna go find that proverbial <laughs> bathroom stall, and I'm gonna let him host this show because at this point in time, your IQ is way past mine. You, my friend, are writing calligraphy, and I've got crayons. So oh, trust me, I like like I said, I've been the biggest drink. I've been the biggest wrestling fan since I was a kid. Like I still remember to this day, my mom bought me the very first Pro Wrestling Illustrated Almanac. And ever since then, my brain would just always constantly, you know, feed into it because it's a sport you love. And, and even though a lot of people say, oh, wrestling's this and that, you know, it's funny when they say that. But you know what the first clip I show people? There's a clip out there from a match with Hiroki Goto when he came back from Mexico as a heavyweight going against a young lion named Kazuchiko Okada. And there's oh a clip where he does his finisher, the Shouten. And the way he did it, he slammed him so hard, it sounded like a gunshot went off. I said, if you think wrestling's fake, watch that clip. Yeah. Because wow. I've, I've been in a New Japan ring when they came over to America. The difference between a New Japan ring and a ring that you see on the independent circuit is night and day. It don't bounce. It don't give. When you land, you feel it. You feel like you're about to shit on yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm only saying that from experience. You shit on yourself? (laughs) Wow. Hey, it happens. Taking a bump. I just want to be like, oh, I can handle it. You know, former weightlifter. Yeah, I lift all these weights. Boom. Y'all need to take a shit, y'all. Hold on. Everybody gonna make it. Everybody gonna make it. Somebody help. Like, literally, wow. the guy had to, like, you know. But that, that's how, you know, the difference is. And I'm one of those type of people, I can sit, have a conversation on wrestling, and you ask me something, I give you my opinion, then I give you the history pieces based on it. You know, you are you are the new version of Mike Tanay. And by the way, I'm going to say this again. Can we give a shout out to Mike Cook's mom once again, getting him a pro wrestling illustration? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Right. There. Pinkies up, but come on. Here pinkies, we go. Pinkies, oh, pinkies up. Mom right. always mom would always spoil me. 
wrestling magazines because she knew every time she went to the grocery store or even dad, if it was me and dad hanging out and say he had to go run errands, he already know where the first place I was going to go to. I was going to walk my ass to the, you know, the magazine section and I would sit and I would read every wrestling magazine they had. <laughs> like I remember, you know, we had Silas Young on there. I remember the first time I saw Silas Young in a magazine, you know, Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazine. And I read about him, you know, I remember reading about ECW from Pro Wrestling Illustrated way before Barely Legal even got started. I remember seeing Shane Douglas with the ECW belt and I was like, yes, I remember him when he had like the long blonde hair in WCW with Ricky Steamboat. Like, holy shit. Like, you know, I was reading the independent circuits like ECWA and USWA and all these other promotions. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things you, I'm not a WWE fan. I'm not a WCW fan. I am a flat out pro wrestling fan because I don't watch just one. I watch them all. You know, I got new Japan world. I got the network. I got fight TV, you know, I watch it all. Like, you know, okay. Okay. Now I feel completely outclassed at this point. I, I don't know. I'm going to wave bad, Freeland. You see this? I'm going to wave the white flag at this point in time. Uh, I don't know what to say, but this show is better <laughs> because you are here with us. And once again, the butt and obviously, you know what? I I, I refer to uh, to Liam as uh, Vince Russo Jr. because of that. Pick. Don't do but it. You know what? Mike, let me Don't ask do you this. Does he got a little Chris Jericho thing going right here? No, uh, I'm going to tell, tell you who he reminds me of. No lie. Who, what do we got? Here we go. He, um, Make it good. Make it good. Make it good. He, 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 he kind of looks like the guy at the smoke shop I go to or used to go to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a compliment. Let me tell hey, you no, something. This is no, I'm going to tell you why it's a compliment. Let's go. This okay. dude, every time I would go in there, because I usually go to buy incense because – you know, at the apartment complex I live at, it's 90% Hispanic. I could be sitting one night just chilling, and through the air vents, whatever they cooking is, like, coming in. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. So I sometimes got to light them incense up. So literally, I go to his shop, and he always has a different chick every time talking to him. Ooh. Oh, you know. A different chick. Yeah. And it's like me. he's got the hair, and, and even Silas Young, Almost at an angle, reminding me of the guy at the shop. But yeah, you—that's not a—that's uh, not a pick on. Trust me, that's a. Uh, okay, see, Freeland, he's putting me over. You understand this? Yeah, I'm, see, I know. Freeland, not only am I doing my job, but I'm doing your job. I know. No why am I even job. here? I'm gonna tell you why. Because you yes. gave me <laughs> a chance. So I'm gonna say this, and I've even said it on numerous episodes of the Mike World Order podcast, which you can find on YouTube. Coming soon to Spotify and Apple Music because I'm doing it through Anchor. I signed up for Twitch just so I can do episodes on Twitch just to interact. So we're working on it. Mike Freeland during the <laughs> pandemic. And yes, I'm putting you over because no one else will. So leave it to me. So here comes your golden platform, Mr. Freeland. Thank you. Mike fucking Freeland put me over during the peak of the pandemic. Mike Freeland helped me with my bills getting paid. And I'm going to tell you why. Every time he plugs in the show and he plugs in every week, I would do, I would save it, record it, get a live reaction, post it on Twitter, post it on Instagram, post it on Facebook. I'm like, this guy endorses me. 
when it came to the merchandise. He took a picture. He ain't had to, but he did. And that got more people to reach out. When I was getting my stuff, uh, shit, you know, going to DC and was selling merchandise, I would play that clip. They were like, holy shit, that's Mikey Whipwreck. Who's the other guy? That's Mike Freeland. Listen to his show. Follow it. So cross-promoting at its best. He didn't even know it. He broke his own forbidden door with podcasting. A lot of people like to, you know, join the Conrad Freeland, well, I mean, Con Conrad Thompson bandwagon. And that's cool. I like his shows, too. But since the first episode of FRM, I've been a mainstay. I got it to where every time I get a new episode, that's what I play on the way to work. If I can't sleep, I pop it in and listen to a past episode because my favorite episode of all time will always be a detachable penis. <laughs> of Jerry Lynn. Mike Freeland's like, what are we going to do? And uh, Jerry Lynn's like, well, we can talk about blue chews and, you know, jerking the monkey or something he said like that. But <laughs> so because of that, you know, Mike Freeland helped me out. When it came to my family, they caught COVID a few months ago. The whole family from the mom to my sister to my dad, all the way to my niece who wasn't even a year old. So that theory about kids can't catch COVID, not true. Who the fuck said kids can't catch COVID? The media. Yeah, but, um, they're, they're spilling that. So between my buddy Jesse Rodriguez, who's, you know, J-Rod underscore, uh, J-Rod numero underscore one, him, Mike Freeland, they constantly reached out. Freeland, like, gave me his number. Never picked up, but he gave me his number. <laughs> and he was like, hey, anytime you need to reach out. He never, he was like, anytime you need to reach out, you know, and there's moments where I did. Never got an answer, Freeland. That's cool, though. I still got your number saved. That ain't you know what? Number. That's me. I even left messages. What do I got to do, man? Send nudes? No, yeah, I tell you what, yes. a couple of dick pics would work really well. No, I'm I think you're leaving um, me on Freeman. I am because uh, I always call him my illegitimate cousin. So, not to take <laughs> over your show, but yeah, Mike Freeland played a huge part in the summer of 2020 when I didn't have a job. Yeah, the unemployment was coming in, but you know, when it came to keeping your sanity, Freeland was there. FRM was there. So because of that, I always feel that there's going to be a huge piece of that in me in terms of probably the craziest summer ever. But at the same time, it was also the best summer ever um, because I was able to do things I wanted to do. I was able to, you know, branch my, you know, my, my brand out. And you were one of the peers that caused it to happen, you know. So because of that, I give you a big thank you. Thank you. You know, a huge thank you, Mike Freeland. And you probably don't get it that often, but from me, from an all your family to me at this point. Anyone that does the stuff that they did, in my book, your family. That means you know? a lot. That so means a, a tremendous to me, that, that that means a whole lot. But like family, you never fucking pick up. But that's cool. You're never gonna hear the end of it. Hashtag Freeland doesn't answer, but <laughs> well, let's, get let's get it started. Let's get it started. Hashtag Freeland doesn't answer. Still oh, yeah. But I don't I'm even on get it. his I'm on number it. first. But and nah, you, 
He's nice to you. He just calls me an angry, drunken dwarf. I'm six foot two inches tall. It's I'm the like drunk half the time. You think but, you got you know. it bad? Like he calls me Russo Jr. So what do you, you think? Look, look at Russo Jr. Calm down. You also <laughs> got to look at it like this. I'm five foot ten, three twenty, power lifter. I could press Freeland overhead if I wanted to. Oh, this is not good. <laughs> this is not you good. You should do that. This is not but good. I won't. I'll just give him yes. a big old. I'll just give him a big old bear hug. Well, I tell you what, I it's it's interesting because I talked to my wife about the podcast and wrestling and, and everything, and I got a lot of different DMs, not only through the pandemic, but even when we first started doing this whole thing. And people would would reach out and they would say, "Hey, man, uh, really appreciate you doing the show." And I think in the beginning, you don't really think about it. You just say, "Hey, absolutely, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it." But then people start saying, "No." I, I really mean this. Um, I was going through a divorce or I, there was a custody battle and this and that and family issues. So you realize, or I should say, sometimes you don't realize the impact that you have with not even wrestling related, just being somebody. And I take that very seriously. And I am humbled more than anything to know that I've been able to be somewhat of a positive influence with people and, and to help you out because I think you're a tremendous dude. And um, yeah, no, I, from the bottom of my heart to, to you, Mike, and to, to everyone, thank you very, very much for, uh, for sticking with us here. I, I appreciate the compliment, but I'm not giving you any more free merch, Mike. So I appreciate it. I know, I know that, that, nah, that, no, nah, actually, it's dried up. It's dried actually, up. I know. Actually, I do need you on. So I am <sighs> coming out with a new t shirt. Yes. Uh, coming soon. The new T-shirt's based on actual events. So Ooh. my niece, on her one-year birthday, okay, I got her a custom wrestling buddy of me, Mike Buddy. So <laughs> I'm going to actually have the, the actual logo of him put on a shirt. So I'm going to need you that to... That is wicked. I thought you'd seen the photos of it. I've been, I've been I mean, student. Te- this whole student teaching thing with me has been insane. I, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm I, really uh, turning into the. I, I do got on. your number. And I you think do. your number's still active. It, it, it is. So I'm going to text you. Please, please. Number. We're doing please, it live. No. Look, oh no, we're doing it live. Now, now, now it's time stamped <laughs> here. Go. It's time stamped. So guess what? And I oh, apologize. No, I I'm terrible sometimes at getting back because the hours of the day go yes. by like a blur. And oh no, I understand, which is why I'm doing it now. Because if I hear an excuse, I'm coming for you. Oh, I, I don't want that. I, I, mean, I don't want I that. Be, I mean, I wouldn't want nothing to happen to you, Freeman. I like you. Can I just pop in here for a second? Um, yes. Yeah, just just for a second. Uh, I I echo everything that Mike said. Um, I started listening to you uh it was probably like a few months after the pod started and i just binge listened to everything because i'm a big fan of mikey and jerry i i loved them in ecw and i was just like okay this is great uh i really appreciated uh the camaraderie and the chemistry between all of you three and even though freeland kind of dumps on me sometimes uh you know it happens it's okay i'm i'm over it yeah, us Canadians, right? Exactly. Uh, but you know what? Um, I work. I work in grocery, and I, you know, like it's it's not a great job. But anyways, 
I do that. But when I'm stalking stuff and everything, and I hear like you know, Freeland give his quips or whatever, or Mikey just you know say something funny, or Jerry just laughing his ass off or whatever, I get happy and I and I get more positive and I do my job better. And uh, you know, here's the one time Freeland then gonna say something positive. Okay, so really enjoy it. Really accept it. Okay. <laughs> no, it's it's uh, it's been great, and uh, you know I feel like I'm really appreciative that uh, you have me on here. Uh, I'm a nobody, so I'm not really doing anything productive. But when I interact and everything, and you see that I'm trying to put my two cents in and see that I'm a you know a member of the community and all that, that it you know it makes me feel good that you actually have me on here. So having said that, that's the last positive thing you're ever gonna hear from me done okay i appreciate that and, and here's the thing and we talked about this before and, and mike and i've talked about this and liam and i've talked about this and christopher and i've talked about this and wow uh, christopher i mean the, the message that that i the interaction you and i had a, a ways back um and i i don't mean to bring up you know difficult memories but um i literally that stuck with me for weeks and um i'll i'll Talk about it, it meant it, it meant a lot. And I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to turn this to to, to no, a Mike no. Freeland tribute show. What I'm saying uh -huh. is, Liam, <laughs> you are somebody, and everybody who's in the stream is a somebody. And wrestling business belongs to you guys. It doesn't belong to me. It doesn't belong to Mike or Gary. At the end of the day, what keeps this thing alive is the fact that we have amazing people, and I think that we need to get to know everybody because right. at the end of the day, life is way too friggin' short. Um, we need to extend ourselves and try to make connections with people because we all need that. And I think wrestling is the one thing that brings us together, even though there's episodes, we don't even really talk about wrestling, but it's the fact that we're all kind of doing this cathartic experience together just to get through the week is, uh, is the most important thing. At this point, wrestling was almost secondary. Well, that's our connection. Everybody's got the same hook. We all like wrestling, wrestling fans or whatever. But a lot of times, let's be honest, this is a fucking shit show. <laughs> it's just everybody busting for the chops, laughing, wow. carrying on, having fun, talk about wrestling a little bit, make fun of each other, do something stupid, say something stupid, and just have fun. That's the reality of it. And what, what Mike was bringing up, uh, the message I sent him, it was, uh, I was traveling from, I'm from Newfoundland originally, live in Ontario now. I knew it. Uh, I knew it. My, my father took sick. And I was traveling from Kingston to Pearson to fly home. He was dying with cancer. And honestly, FRM pod helped me a lot. You no, know, because I have Philip an absolute sack of shit. I'm not going to lie. No, I mean, it's just a fair hike from here in Kingston to Pearson. And then you got your flight on the St. John's. And it helped me a lot. And I reached out to Freeland and I told him that. At that point, I don't know if I ever spoke. No, I definitely didn't speak to him at all. I just sent him, you know what, man? Just so you know, there's a lot of shit going on in this world. But you're doing good. Total stranger. I've never met Freeland. No. We yak on here a little bit, send a message here or there. I don't really know Mike. We're not buddies. We don't hang out and stuff like that. 
but it's just that little bit of a of a a break, a little bit of mental health help, whatever you want to fucking call it. I don't know, but it just it just makes you feel better, it gives you a little bit of a break. You no, know, it goes a long way. Laughter, there you go, Urkinger. Laughter heals. No, it's good for the soul. And I'm not a preachy kind of guy. Let's be honest. Half the time I'm on here, I'm fucking buckled. We all know that. <laughs> but your tone <laughs> says otherwise. Well, sometimes. No, but it, but it's true. It's just good. And and when you come on and whatever, when it was Jerry and Mikey and Freeland or when whoever else was on with Freeland, it's just good for you. It's just good, wholesome foolishness basically but it's just good it gives you that break it gives you that little bit of happiness that laughter that nonsense it goes a long way listen we all bash on freeland and i'm not one to kiss your ass no fucking better than that (laughs) but it's helped me a lot and i know i'm not the only one there's no way it does go a long way so yeah we all harass the shit out of you because you're a mooch and, well, you're a fucking mook. I love you, Freeland. But exactly, yeah, and we <laughs> all do, hundred percent. Just that's just the way it is. It's good-natured ribbing. That's all it is. Exactly. You know what? If you're not busting each other's balls, then they don't care. It shows that they care when they do that. Right. Um, guys, what we're going to do here really quickly? No one go anywhere. Um, we are going to step out for yet another short break. Um, I need to pull something up here. Uh, <laughs> wow, that didn't really come across. Turn up your I... dick. That's all I can say. Mm. No, my dick's too oh. small. Mike Freeland scandal. Yeah, that's right. Hey, I couldn't send <laughs> dick pics, okay? Because people would be like, "Wait a minute, I'm trying to pinch the screen to blow it up, and it's not working." Oh, okay. so, on a fur coat. Instead of hashtag speaking out, it's speaking little. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A fur coat. Oh my god! Uh, You know, if I had if I had the type of hair growing on my head that's growing below my waist, I I would be plush. I would be plush, man. Unfortunately, genetics just didn't work out for me so well. So I need a drink if this keeps going. Another drink. Let it flow. Literally, let it flow. All right. So I'm gonna play once again. One of the. Wait a minute. I should have. There's got to be this other clip I can play because our good friends are very good friends over at Shining Wizards. Damn it, there's no one in the truck tonight. So I don't know why I can't play. Beardo's not in the truck tonight. So, guys, I want to share something with you. Shining Wizards, an amazing podcast. I highly endorse them. Wonderful people. I'm going to go ahead and and plug their stuff as well. And don't go anywhere. I'm going to play the same obnoxious, stupid commercial that I always play because, unfortunately, I have very little control over anything. So we'll be back in two minutes. We're going to start the roundtable. Don't go anywhere. More FRM when we return. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave me. shirt too sexy for my shirt so sexy it hurts you know too sexy for milan too 
sexy for Milan, New York, and Japan. Take it. Sexy for your party. Too sexy for your party. No way. I am disco dancing. I'm a model. You know what I mean. And I do my little turn on the cowwalk. Yeah, on the cowwalk. On the cowwalk. Yeah, I do my little turn on the cowwalk. following message is being brought to you by the Mike World Order right here, my friend. Throw it up right here. Boom, boom, boom. We are going to tell you where you can get your Mike World Order merchandise. Before Chris doesn't ship across the border. Tonight. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, hey, he, Mike, you do ship internationally. For all material, can't even ship within our, our own damn neighborhood. So anyway. I've done yeah. shipments to uh, Canada. I've done shipments to Japan, um, New York, and Japan. You do. I he know, works man. everywhere. <laughs> hey, it, it helps to know Japanese. Okay. You know? Man, look at this guy. This guy's the modern Mike Tanay. He knows. I mean, you you have certainly right now solidified yourself on the panel. And hundred uh, percent. Like I should just fuck right off. There's no point in me being here. Taiwan. <laughs> Todd Wadkins, if you can hear me, Todd Wadkins, please make sure. Why do I sound like I'm paging someone at the store? Todd Wadkins, <laughs> if you can hear me right now, please check your email. Todd Wadkins, check your email. Plus, your lights are still on. Um, yes. So, a couple things I want to get into. Uh, I don't know if you can see this. I have a package oh, that uh, has whoa. arrived. Oh, yeah. Package arrived. Yeah, buddy. So, your that is officially. Association's horrible. Going to, I know. <laughs> It's it's uh, you should hear my dirty. Um, 
let me let me kind of bring this up in here. Let's kind of start the discussion while we wait for Todd Watkins. Um, I wanna I wanna start talking about this right now. Here is the first one. Um, want to get everybody's take on this. We're gonna start off with uh, with Christopher Peacock is editing content to meet their 2021 standards for WWE. Here's the big question. We're gonna start off with you. Are you still gonna subscribe, or do you think? Other people may say, hold on a second. I like the Attitude Era. If that's going to be gone, so is my money. What's your take? It makes no difference. It's not changing anything here in Canada. So, suck yep. it. It makes no difference, though. I, I, uh, I love the fact well, that you keep it short and sweet. No, realistically, I'd be irked. Like, uh, no, I mean, it's not expensive. It's not huge money, but it's enough. If you're going to censor, you know, if I can watch, you know, uh, ECW or, you know, spin the wheel, make the deal when they had the, the hot lesbian action and, and the attitude era, I'm not interested. It's a horseshit. But, I mean, I, I, Liam, I don't know if you have the, the network, but no, here in Canada, see, apparently it's not going to change whatsoever. Right. I, I, I have states, I'd be mad. Yeah, I haven't had it in uh, quite a while. Um, apparently here you can only get it through cable. I haven't had cable in years now. Uh, so I have no idea how it's going exactly, but uh, the fact that they're editing certain things. I mean, it was bad enough when you, you know, couldn't get the proper uh, music or anything like that on, say, ECW, for instance. That was the big complaint. Uh, we all knew why. Obviously, it was going to cost an arm and a leg to get the music for that. But when they start doing it to certain things like, uh, you know, uh, certain Raws or uh, things of that nature, and you're not made aware of it, that's a problem. And um, certain people aren't aware of that yet, and they're going into it thinking, oh, well, I'll have whatever, and it's all available to me, but they're not going to realize maybe that everything's edited to a point, and we need to, you know, need to end that, because it's it's not good. I understand what Peacock's all about. I understand they have a certain, uh, they have a certain criteria they're trying to meet, but if people weren't made aware of that before they moved over, that's a problem. And I've heard a lot, and I'm, I'm just saying a lot of people that have had a problem with this and are saying, well, that's it. I'm done because I know how to find the content otherwise. Uh, Travis is posted here that if they are editing Canadian content, I haven't noticed any editing. No. If it does... Well, maybe they can go fuck their hat and I'll just bootleg the <laughs> shit out of it. Right. Sorry not to be a prick, but if I can't get what I want, there are other yep. ways. Right. Mike, what's your take on this? I mean, you 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 have the different streams and the different things. Um, and I think we all understand to a degree, hey, times are changing. Some things are not appropriate anymore that people had said or did, I completely get that. Um, but I also understand the fact that there is a whole generation of things that might be considered crude and whatever, but do you think this is going to deter people from switching over to Peacock, or do you think, nah, even if they take it out, I think still people are going to buy? 
I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what's what's gonna happen. We're going to rewind 20 years ago, 20 years later, and I'm gonna tell you why. So at one point 20 years ago, pro wrestling was on literally six days a week. Mm-hmm. We're about to hit that same thing again. What content we couldn't get, how did we get it? We contacted each other through tape tape trading, trading. DVDs, torrent sites. Mm -hmm. That shit's about to start all over again, I guarantee you. With people having access, and not a lot of people use cable, there's a lot of streaming that goes on. People are going to find a way. So because of that, it's going to hurt WWE more than it's going to help WWE. Because in this day and age, somebody's going to look out for one another in terms of access to wrestling. However, me, being a pro wrestling fan, I will not lose sleep over the whole Peacock situation. Why? Because there's so much access to pro wrestling elsewhere. Right now, in 2021, WWE is the low-bottom minority. WWE is the kid when you play basketball that doesn't get picked after you choose who you want on your team. Am I right? No, you're right. right. No, I agree. I mean, no. So it's one of those situations. (laughs) As fans, we're tired of getting our intelligence insulted. We're tired of getting pulled around and not to sound like Latimer from the movie, the program. We're tired of being led on, you know, because that's pretty much what we're doing. We're being led on. I, me, I'm going to shill and use the whole promo code and pay the $9.99 for four months. I'm only doing it for the free pay-per-views. That's it. $2.50 to watch WrestleMania. Hey, I'll do it. Two fifty to watch NXT TakeOver because it's not going to be on my Hulu account or the regular network. It's only going to be on Peacock because, you know, as Al Snow said, what does everybody want? Hey, what does WWE sold out to? Cock. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, fuck. That is the quote of the episode. You know, but you didn't say I was Well, lying. everybody, that's wrapped. <laughs> yep. That's, spoken. We're that's done. We're done. Bed. Yep. We're <laughs> Mike, done. Mic drop. But, um. No, that's, that's just how I look at it. Like I said, there's so much going on pro wrestling. You know, WWE is, is it's not going to, you know, I don't even got the hype for WrestleMania. I don't. I'm not. Usually every year I'd be like, oh, yeah, Mania. And it's not the pandemic. It's not. Because even before the right. pandemic, it, I just didn't have the same excitement I used to have for Mania. I was more excited for Wrestle Kingdom than Mania. Do, do you know what I consider it? I, I can I almost like uh, compare it to when music wasn't online. You know, it's like you actually had to really go out there, buy the album. You'd open it up. You'd look at the lyrics. You'd look at the whole album art and everything. And it was an experience, right? Same with uh, wrestling. You'd make sure, like for me, 
It was appointment viewing Superstars of Wrestling, WWF, every Saturday on Fox, noon. And if I wasn't there, I didn't have a VCR set up. That's it. I, I screwed up. I didn't get it. It's uh, kind of the same these days. Uh, it's, it's getting to that point where everybody's going to be able to find it. Uh, everything online, you know, you can find everything online, basically, and it's not even an issue. Uh, I was talking to, to hide my dick earlier, and uh, and he was he was I, I was making a point to him. I said, you know, I have so much of this stuff on hard drives that I don't need the network. It's not important, and it's very it's actually very important though for the fans to have the whole experience. So when I like I was saying earlier about ECW, if I don't hear New Jack coming out with Natural Born Killers, that's it. Like it's it's ruined for me. If I don't hear Sandman come out with Enter Sandman, it's ruined. I can't deal with it. So when I get to have my own copies of that and say, hey, I can watch this and I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, there's a convenience with WWE Network, Peacock, all that. But, I mean, when they go to the point of editing everything, and like I said, I understand why they do because of licensing fees and all that. But when they get to that point where they're editing everything, you kind of look at it and go like, well, you know, is it really worth it anymore? Or can I find this a different way? And I can find it a different way. I'm not saying that that's necessarily the best idea because I will give money to people I think deserve it. But in this sense, uh, it's gotten to the point where everything's oversaturated. And I don't know if it's really worth it anymore. For no. me, I have the WWE. Sorry, Mike, go ahead. You're, no, no, you're fine. Continue. I have the WWE network purely for everything other than WWE. Yep. The old NWA, Thanks, Mike ACW, the Memphis, the stuff of like that. The WWE stuff, been there, done that. I mean, where yep. I'm from, I could get WWE. I couldn't get NWA when I was a kid. Memphis, and no chance of getting any of that stuff. Yeah. Wrestling, obviously, because I'm in Canada, but I have the WWE network for everything other than WWE. And if they're gonna yep. thin that out or censored or whatever, it's not worth two sports of rat piss to me. <laughs> I mean, hey, keep it, keep it real. Well, let's just all be honest, no. No, no, yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. I mean, it's it's one of those deals where, like I said, I understand in some ways we need to make sure that we're not offensive to people. Times are different. I, I get that, okay? However, I do also think this is entertainment. This is just like movies. This is just like anything else, and it's a paid subscription. If you do not want to see it, you do not have to. No one is telling no. you you have to do it. Nope. Um. I mean, it's just one of those things. Now, do I do I think people are going to necessarily not buy? I think that may be a thing. I think it may be a thing. Uh, we're going to bring another person into the conversation here. This is uh, this is Boog. Uh, this is this is Todd. What's going oh, on, guys? Oh it's man, it's the, it's the Boogster man. It's, it is it there is the is. man. It is a man from Tucson, Arizona. And before we go on to our next uh, topic here. I think it's time. I think it's time that we do an unboxing. Uh oh. 
Well, we couldn't wait another week. No, we can't wait another week. No, we have to open up my package. Because here's the I don't want to do that. That may that may nope. kill ratings. That make that may be a ratings killer right this there. This is not um, summer camp, man. <laughs> this isn't this isn't Freeland after dark, okay? Freeland after dark. Yeah. Oh, you have no idea, my friend. You're Can probably gonna after this is over go. I really have to reevaluate my priorities in life. All I right. have to burn all my clothes after this. I do that every single <laughs> day. <laughs> all, right, all right, so let me see. package, man? <laughs> well, I t- <laughs> not much. No. What's in the box is what I'll tell you. Let's see here. Uh, here we go. I'm going to open this bad boy up. Now, I hope I'm not, like, getting too rough with this thing. Now, Boog, you did tell me that you, you, you did tell me that you uh, – I bubble wrapped the hell out of it. You bubble wrapped the dick out of it. All right. And I got yeah. these I got these these womanly hands. Let me tell you something right now. You guys I, bubble wrap your dicks in the States? That's <laughs> <laughs> you have to, so you don't get the bumps. You you don't want to get the hiv, man. You don't want to get the hiv or the herp. You don't want to get that. I have a friend who got love uh, bumps. who what uh, love bumps, that's right. I had a friend who uh, he called me up one time. He said, "Oh God!" He goes, "You got to help me. You got to take me to the hospital." I said, "What's going on, man?" I said, "You okay?" Because uh, anytime someone comes on the phone and says something like that, you're automatically concerned. And he said, "Dude, I tried to take a piss, and it was just rough." Um, and I knew from that point on our relationship had taken to the next level. And um, that's all a I'll say is problem right there. Well, all I'll say is it it was him, me, a long car ride, a towel. And it ended up with a very long Q-tip in the emergency room. And I'm going to leave it at that. And some strong antibiotics. So, Wow. And maybe some jealousy on my side. But, hey, just going to be honest. All right, here we go. Were you jealous of the towel? Not not the towel, but I tell you what, when the (laughs) nurse came in. See, he got a hot nurse. He didn't get some, like, some weird, creepy guy like, hey, man, I got to check you out. He got this, like, literally out of vivid video. She's like, hey, I got to take your sample. I'm like, holy shit. Vivid video. Yeah, great. He got a hot nurse that came in and said, you got the fucking class. He did. No, but this is true. He did. He had the the round of applause. But I will tell you this. uh, The way she handled the situation, very professional. I give her complete credit. Her name was Marjorie. She's in the uh, – Marjorie? How old was she? 50? Uh, it doesn't matter, man. Hey, sometimes 75. you can get you can get into that to that granny stuff. Anyway, not saying I do, oh, but yep, Freeland's gone off the fucker. I need another. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, kids five. right now. I'm salivating. I'm salivating right here. Look at this. Oh God! Look at this. Oh, this is so good. Please don't. Please don't. Have have I am holding my very first. AEW action figure in this and why can't Jim Ross call him the re- the right name Mike get in here why can he just call him the bastard pack why does he keep calling him pack give him a break because he's so used to yeah look at it like this when you're used to saying x pack so much that's why that, that's why that's that's not his fault when you're, when you're, mind you, one, he's an older guy. Two, when your brain is trained to saying, you know, 
Pac so many years. Think about it. How many right. years was X Pac was there the same time Ross was? Oh, it's one of those time. things. It's, it's it's not easy. I bet. Know? That's bet. like you know. That's like you know us calling you Mike and everyone else calls you a different name that we can't say. Douchebag. Thank you. <laughs> I love I my international. You... I love my international hey. friends. I mean, I, call, <laughs> I call you Mike. They call you douchebag. You know. This is all I can say. Look at this. The packaging, <laughs> the quality. I thought this would have come from Tony Khan himself. Look at this. Let's get a good shot of this bad boy. This is the bastard pack. And now I have this. This is tremendous. This is trem oh, he comes with two heads. That's awesome. Love it. Love it. That is so cool. He's one of my favorites. And now, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. the man who I, who I, Emulate my life after. Oh gosh, Jerry Lynn. No, yeah. I, I don't. Uh, however, I will say this: the man has some great crockpot recipes. I used to have a man crush on Random? Jerry Lynn. No lie. Yeah. You had a crush on who? Jerry I had a man crush on Jerry Lynn in ECW. Really? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? I, I mean, he, he's so, a big deal. I used to always play his. Uh, theme song on repeat at weightlifting competitions as I was getting ready. So I'd always constantly have scapegoat by fear factory playing. And uh, I was already a metal head as a kid. Cause if you're a wrestling fan from the South, cause I'm originally from South Carolina, you have no choice, but to listen to rock and roll and metal. doesn't matter what race you are. That's pretty much just how it was. So, you know, as soon as I heard Jerry Lynn's theme song, I used to always copy like the death metal growl and, yeah. Yeah, like, Never been my thing. Oh man, it's always been my thing, especially when you would cut a promo. Like I used to always play him on like Anarchy Rules and uh, what what game they do? Hardcore Revolution, just yep. to taunt him so he can do the death metal growl. We'd be like, oh. and all that, you know. I admit it. I've said it on Twitter. Hell, Jerry Lynn liked it. I appreciate it. I do. Right. Orange Cassidy, nice. This is tremendous. This is tremendous. T Todd or Boog, what, what do you want me to refer to you as? Oh, you call I feel me like Boog. I'll call you Boog because I feel like I was paging somebody like at a grocery store. Uh, Todd, Todd Watkins. Oh, I should <laughs> I, I should kayfabe that. I should. Boog is your 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 in ring name. No. No. This name. This is tremendous. I want to thank you, honestly. You have come in and you've helped me. And basically, I think you've, you've just basically said, you need to shut up. I'm going to go ahead and figure this out because your little whiny ass just keeps talking about it. So, but this is tremendous. Thank you so very, very much for working with me on this. Yeah, no problem. You know, I was uh, driving home from work last Thursday and uh, was driving by the most undesirable Walmart in town. And, uh, you know, I thought, why not go in and see uh, – what they have, you know, sometimes they have like the, the packs of basketball cards and they're like the boxes of basketball cards, baseball, right. football, you know, how, how those, how hard those are to find these days. Very. And, um, so I went in there and, uh, took me a minute to find, cause it's a super Walmart. So, you know, it's got everything in there, you know? So I went to the back and there was a good six, seven of those just on the peg. And, uh, posted it and i was trying to get a hold of you so i was like you know what i'm tired of hearing mike whine so 
<laughs> well, there seems to be there seems to be a common thread here. Boob can't get a hold of me. Mike Unit can't get a hold of me. Christopher Butt can't get a hold of me. Liam can't get a hold. You know what? I'm just an overall, just I'm a bad communicator. Let, let's just all agree. Hashtag Freeland doesn't answer. I don't. <laughs> I bet I don't Freeland. Know. I bet Freeland was late, late to his wedding. Uh, I didn't let her know. Do you, do you, do you want to know this real quick? No oh. kidding. No joke. I'm going to have oh, to share no. some pictures on Twitter. So I told my wife, she was like, yeah, I got the song I'm going to walk out to. There's a song my bridesmaids are going to walk out to, right? I said, okay, that's cool. I was like, what about, do I get an entrance? And she's like, nope. you're kind of at the altar. And then we come down to you. And I said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to be a curtain jerker here, okay? This is horse shit. All of a sudden, I'm the guy in the jacket just like with the, hey, you know, and then the superstar comes down. You know uh -oh. what I'm talking about, Mike. I am. I don't want that. And she's like, "So what do we? What do we? Are we at an impasse here?" I said, "Well, there may be. You may have to take that off your finger because if we don't find out what the what the intros are going to be here, we're going to have a problem." So she said, "So what do you want to do?" I said, "Well, I first of all, we're not doing tuxes. We are doing we are doing khaki pants. We are doing um, white shirts and um, what do you call it? Um, sport coats." And sunglasses. Oh my God! We're we're doing it horseman style. We brought the belts, and my groomsmen came down first with the. You're I, shitting me, right? No, I actually have this, and they come down to the horsemen, and then after they get down there, they're throwing it up, and then. And then I come out, and I tell you what, I t I felt like it was the coolest moment. I may have looked like the biggest shitbag to all of those guests. They're probably like, what the hell kind of wedding is this? But I didn't care. I did it. And uh, I have video. I have pictures. I should, I I'll, I'll post the pictures. So. Megan That's great, Mike. You should do that. Yeah. Saint. An absolute yeah. saint. Yeah. If you don't buy her wine and flowers every week, you're just a shitty husband. I am. No, I'm not going to lie to you. I have that off. Hey, you know, I can, you know, I can see how that goes with, with my wife. And God love her. She's kind of bad. She can't put up with my shit. I can see it now. So I would like to walk in because I'm a big fucking deal to our wedding with the horseman. Yes. She would look at me and say, go fuck yourself. Yep. And that would be it. Yep. The conversation I mean, is over. I mean, that's not a bad thing, though. I mean, if if I, which I don't want to, ever get married, um, yeah, I I would probably do something. It wouldn't be horsemen, but I would do something similar. Natural born killers. You know, that'll go well. <laughs> I'd probably do. I'd probably do NWO. Oh, ba -na -ba -ba -ba. yes. Exactly. And then as soon as, you know, all the, the groomsmen, they're coming out to the regular NWO theme, then, you know, Voodoo Child will start playing. And yeah. that's when I would show up. Oh. You know, Central going on and everything. And I'm standing next to a mountain. I'm going to get divorced in a year. There you go. <laughs> nice. Like, and uh, how much to walk in the wrestling theme music when we got married? I would. I mean, my friend recently, he got married and he did the same thing. And he even had 
You know, he even brought his own belt with him. Wow. Shit, why not? It's, 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 you know, he's going to end up accommodating his wife for the rest of his life. Let him have his one good day. Let his marriage day be his WrestleMania moment because I yep. guarantee he's going to give his wife numerous moments to where it's all about her. Just saying. Now, I'm going to say something. I would like to say that I can, I can, uh, I can give an Iron Man match, but I can't. So uh, I, I'm more of a, a one segment match guy. If you uh, if you're following my drift, Goldberg. Yeah, oh, exactly. Spear, jackhammer. I'm done. That's it. I'm out. Pyro's not even off yet. Free, free, free. Don't tell nobody that. Yo, we're, look, we're 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 family. That mean we gotta know that. This is yeah, good point. All you're doing um, is giving me all you're doing is giving me ammo on my podcast. Hey, you know what? Slice me away, my friend. Um, oh no, I'm gonna keep on an episode. I'm. I, oh, I. Hell yeah, let's let's set this thing up again, man. Yeah, Absolutely. Most definitely. Let's see most, here. Most what? Definitely. What do we got? Uh, what, what's going on with uh, with Liam here? Is he? Is he? We have technical issues. I'm back. Here, Liam. You're I'm back. back. I don't know what's going on. I, yeah, I, 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 was, I was trying to get. Uh, I was trying to pull up some wedding pictures, but you know what? Screw that for right now. Let's move on to our next. Let me ask you this topic. Uh, Boog, what's your take on uh, WWE and NBC wanting to edit some of the content because it doesn't fit with their standards and practices? Are, would that prevent you from uh, paying Peacock the $4.99, $5.99, whatever the hell it is to, to watch it if a good deal of your stuff is gone? So uh, funny thing is uh, my friends actually – Call me a Mooch Freeland, but uh, my friends have <laughs> cable, and they actually get Peacock Premium for free. They don't use it, so guess who uses it? You. Exactly. So, um, you know, I, I understand what they have to do to accommodate, you know, what they believe and what they want to put on their streaming service, you know, but... <sighs> You know, it's kind of like they knew what they were getting into, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, they went out and acquired and paid a large lump sum of money for, you know, this collection of, you know, uh, uh, you know, for this wrestling library, essentially. And, you know, I mean, if they have to go back through and edit out some more stuff, I mean, so be it. I mean, I would, too, if I had that kind of platform and spent that much money on it. But honestly, I mean, so far, I don't know if you guys have seen it on Peacock yet, but I'm not a huge fan of it. The commercials suck. Um, The selection they have up there is crazy. The WCW, they have like WCW Saturday night. They have two Mayhems on there. They have... um, New Blood Rising, and then for ECW, they only have four pay-per-views, um, which are completely random. And, you know, I know barely they're supposed legal. to get, Yeah, Barely Legal, uh, Anarchy Rules. I think they have two Anarchy Rules on there, Massacre on 34th Street, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it is what it is. And, and, you know, I think Liam has the right idea. At the end of the day, if you have that old, that you know that stuff, you know, like on a hard drive, or you're able to find it on the internet somewhere, why, why watch it? You know, it's uh, yeah, it sucks, but what can we do about it? No, you're well, right. Not, it, 
I mean, it's just like uh, my theory about OnlyFans. Why pay money to see moves when I can watch it on my home? Never yep. heard of you before. Wow. Hey, I'm not going to pay for porn. I can watch for free anywhere else. <laughs> That's why I said you porn. Yeah, you porn, X hamster. <laughs> you jizz. I, did, I just you hear, did I just hear an X hamster reference on? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wow. you, you know what, kids? If, if we haven't jumped the shark yet, it's officially jumped right now. Too late. Um, too late. It's the new exhibition. Buzzball said, "Go fuck yourselves." I, <laughs> oh my god, this is terrible. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I get it. It's probably going to keep a lot of people away. Some people may decide to to jump on board. Now, I believe that we heard something to the extent of they're hoping. To get things worked out, the kinks by what did they say? Summer, summer maybe slam. early summer fall. Slam. Yeah, summer slam. summer slam. Um, I'm sorry, but if I'm paying money and I don't really necessarily want to pay, and then all of a sudden, how many months do you get for the 2.99 deal? Is it six months? Four months. Four months. You get so four months. Paying I'm paying like so- eighteen bucks a month for that fucking thing. I have no idea what you're paying. You're paying for for WWE Network. What eighteen dollars a month? Yeah. Who's your who 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 set that deal up? Because that's a the the, the fucking cable people. The cable people (laughs) are charging you eighteen. Oh my god, they're they're fleecing the shit out of you. Freelance Canadian money. What do you expect? That's like three dollars to you. But, oh, yeah. okay. So it's 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 it's. No, it's I don't want to say play money, but I okay. I, I mean, I get no, it. But it's a no. Seriously, I'm. It's like fifteen or sixteen bucks, something like that. I forget what it is it's. It's enough. If I can't get, you know, pretty much all of it, I'm not interested at that price. It's not huge money, but it's enough. When I first okay, got half of the collection. When I first got WWE Network, I. So I don't like putting any of my debit. I don't like giving my debit card info to anyone because I don't Smart like man. people in my account. So I get uh, gift cards for Hulu, Netflix, whatever. I got WWE gift cards and they ran three for three months for $30. So I don't know if you guys have those up there, but that might be something to look into. Your, I just like, put it all on my credit card. Yeah, I mean, I got that's the, that's the most American thing you've ever said, Christopher. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it works for me because I got Navy Federal, so I got military. How do you, think you got your money, book? That went on my credit card too, buddy. <laughs> right. wow. I, I just gotta wait till next week when my figure shows up. Yeah, if the yeah. border doesn't hold on to it for, I wouldn't see why they know. would. It's not like I, you know. Then slip liquor in there or anything, but nobody. Yep, <laughs> I'm getting fucked up next week on FRM Pod by the sound of it. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> that makes that makes me happy. I love hearing that. Um, makes me happy too. So, so wait a minute. So eighteen dollars, but it's eighteen eighteen Canadian, right? So that's yeah, is that that's... fifteen or eighteen or something? I forget why it is. Okay, Which is so, about, it's about the same amount we would pay. In America. Here. Okay, right. gotcha. Because I, I was thinking there for a hot second. I'm thinking, what in the hell is he talking about? Who the hell is he WWE Network? Uh, okay. And, you know, when I first got the network, too, because here's the thing. 
So I only got back yeah. into wrestling since September. This is like I'm I'm picking it back up. This is like an essential. Uh, it's a new hobby for me. But just seeing the way that WWE had to edit a lot of things, man, it it, it kind of like watching because uh, I wasn't allowed to watch ECW growing up for obvious reasons. Um, I don't think it would have been ideal to go to school and hit a kid in the head with a steel chair, you know. But um, might have been frowned upon. Yeah, might have been. Nah. But you know, uh, watching some of the old WCW stuff that I used to watch because that's what I used to watch growing up. Um, and seeing what they had edited out of that, that 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 sucked. But also, again, too, they also did a lot of their own theme songs. You know, like their entrances were pretty much theirs. I think very seldomly they had someone use an actual song from a band as their entrance music. So a lot of their stuff is original, but right. one, one or two guys don't have it. But yeah, it kind of sucked the you know wind out of myself seeing that and i was just like you know what is this you know and then i i find clips like of some of the ecw stuff on on the internet and i'm just like yeah the stuff on the network completely sucks compared to this mm-hmm. yeah no i would i would agree with you 100%. why could you not just put up a simple disclaimer at the beginning listen you know 18 plus no, what you're going to see here could be offensive, blah, 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 all that shit, and put it up. I don't know. Because we live in a counter, uh, in a cancel culture world in a lot of ways nowadays. It's, it's not, it's, it's frowned upon, and that's just kind of the way it is. And it's, you know, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, that's where we are right now, and we just kind of have to deal with it in the best way that we can. Um, I'm actually in my wedding album photo and I'm actually in the midst of downloading some pics here and I'm going to be able to throw them up here on the stream. So you guys can see this because if anybody thinks that this was all bullshit, well, I tell you what, you got, you got something else coming here. Either you're going to either have a tremendous amount of respect for me after this, or you're going to think, Oh, for the love of shit. Why, why, why? I believe it. I have no doubt you did it. Well, it's a it's a good thing you're just not recently married and didn't reenact anything Chris Benoit has done. Oh, oh wow! Wow! We, 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 wow! Oh my God! We just we just had a Benoit reference. <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. Where did where did Vince Uso Jr. go? Where did he go? Is he who's gone? Who's, who's he? Who's Chris Benoit? Yeah. Wow! Wow! I know who Wild Pegasus is, but I don't know who this is. <laughs> I know who what? Good call, oh. Wild. Pe- very nice, Chris Benoit. Um, Chris Benoit. Let me uh, let let's go ahead and let's switch some gears here. So I want to get everybody's take on this one. <laughs> uh, Andrade was claiming he was making three million dollars a year uh, in his WWE contract. I'd like to go around the horn here. Let's Boog. Let's start out with you. Three million dollars a year, Andrade. Do, do you feel like this is true, or do you think this is a bunch of just hype to try to see if he can get a good fat contract next place he goes? I mean, I feel like he'd get it either way. But I mean, what what can it hurt? But I mean, I think anyone would call back and try to figure out what he made. You know, right? I mean, so I mean, it's, he said, she said. You know. Well, I mean, you think about it though. I mean. Three million a year, Mike. Jump in here. I, does that seem to be 
what we might say a a smidgen high for a guy who's not on TV all that often? I don't think so. And I'm just going to throw a loop out here. So didn't at one point in terms of Charlotte's contract, Ric Flair was getting a cut of it? Think about it. I think if I remember correctly, Flair used to get a good chunk of Charlotte's uh, check. That's why they pushed her the way she did. But I would think Andrade was making three mil for the fact that he was also Mr. Charlotte Flair. So that money Charlotte's making had to go somehow, somewhere. So I would believe that only on that condition. Otherwise, even I would be a little bit skeptical about um, him making three a year. But you know what? These days, you can't really tell. No. You you really can't. And WWE even mentioned ever since they made the adjustments they have of not doing live shows and doing the Thunderdome, they're getting money back and then some. So I think it's a possibility that um, if he was, it was because, you know, Charlotte's getting the cut out of that. All that three million Andrade wasn't getting for him. Let's let's be realistic here. I agree. You know, let's let's not beat around the bush. He's uh he's not seeing all of that money. You know. Chris, what's your, what's your take on that? I mean, we I think we'd all agree that seems like a lot of money for a guy no who, who's not getting pushed way. to the moon here. There's no <laughs> way on God's green earth he's getting paid three million dollars a year. Sweet baby Jesus. It's just not happening. There's no fucking way. He's not worth I'm not saying he's not talented. That's not what I'm saying. But three million, he ain't drawn enough. He right. is Mr. Charlotte Flair. That's the only reason anybody gives a flying fuck. No way. There's no possible way he makes three mil. Even with if they're doing like pay-per-view bonuses and merchandise and salary, three mil, no. Not happening, bud. Don't believe it. Yeah, I I think some of this, and he did an interview when he was talking about you know how much he was making. I kind of feel like that might just be inflated for entertainment purposes because, I mean, if you think somebody's making multi-million, you're thinking probably a Brock Lesnar. You're probably thinking about some of your, your top, top guys, like maybe a Roman Reigns. Uh, but definitely not a guy like Andrade. Like, like Chris said, not to say that he's not talented, but in the same breath, I don't think that is true unless he had some type of weird combo package where it was tied in with Charlotte in some way, shape, or form. And even then, I think that might be a little on the high side. It's inflated like when Freeland holds Megan, his penis is eight inches long. Hey, I would never say eight inches. I wouldn't the average, I believe, uh is is five and a half fully go time. Okay. So eight. Eight fully go time. That's amazing. We're, we're, I mean, we're talking Colonel Robert Parker. We're talking. Uh, I mean, they said Parker's like a jump rope, though. Yeah, the jump rope <laughs> academy. Who did? Who did they say is a jump rope? Uh, Parker, because they said he's well, well hung. Like, well, they said he's well hung. Lanny Poffo. Lenny, Lenny Poffo's is <laughs> stories about how he can, he can. Um, oh, yeah, suck his enjoy- own junk. There you go. Hey, I'm I'm glad someone else said it because he can he can suck his own hootus. And and here's <laughs> and here's the deal. 
that's good for him if that is what he wants to do in his free time. I like I like Sudoku, but you know what? If that's what you want to yes. do, that's what you want. If you hey, I would love to be too cold Scorpio or Virgil. There's no doubt. But you know what? I'm not. I'm Coco Beware. Um, so it's just the reality. You know, I got a I got a I got a horn swoggle there. Not much. You got a Seth Rollins. <laughs> I got a. Oh, oh man. Wow. So so okay. So the three million a year. Poor Boog all... is there just holding his head like you guys. Are... I know Boog's like, why did I? Why, why did I click on that stupid link? Good God Almighty! This is embarrassing. See, Jersey um, Jersey Devil makes a good point. He could see it as you know over over the life of you know of his time in in uh, the company, but you know not mm-hmm. annually. Yeah, no, 100%. there we go. I agree. I think that's that would be that would be a very good thing. Uh, Jersey Devil also says Lord Alfred Hayes. Uh, do, do any guys watch Kayfabe commentary with? Uh, oh God, with Sean. Oh God, what is this? Yeah, name? I've watched it. Yeah, when he does his interviews, <laughs> Rod Day, Rod Day, and he was in, uh, and he would be swinging around his his wee wee. So, wow, we really got way off track here. Liam Savage, what, yeah. is, what is this your is deal? Like- this is FRM after it, it is. This is this is after hours. Sean Oliver, thank you, Jersey Devil. Thank uh, you, Blue, that's right. Hey, Blue Chew used to be our sponsor, and and they've since flew the coop. So I'm not really quite sure how that all went down. But um, moving on, new topic here. New topic. Let me pull this up here. Hey, uh, suggestion, Freeland. Since there's a lot of uh, uh, genitalia talk on this show we should probably aim for lube endorsements condom endorsements yes just the thought horny goat weed you always see that at the gas station or just spit Ex- extends presents frm podcast i tell you what i will do my best to get you know what i was trying to get uh mike and you can appreciate this i was trying to get um Jasmine St. Clair. Either Mike's screen has froze or he's just, or he's giving me the like, Ron Simmons You were look. trying to get her like on the pod or you were trying to. Like, no, I was trying to get her on the show. I was trying to get her on the show. Either Mike is, Mike is frozen. Mike world order is frozen or he's just really pissed right now. I'm not really quite sure. He's frozen. Okay. Um, so Liam Savage, I don't know what the deal is here. Um, oh, officially, I guess he's gone here. Uh, little psychopath says, uh, WTF is horny goat weed. Um, so horny goat weed, uh, it's at gas stations. I think you can still get this stuff. Where? Yes. No, maybe. Can you get it in Canada? No, never heard of it. Helps you perform. It does. It very much does. Well, let me, okay. Let me ask you this. Have you ever seen it boog at the gas station? No, I, I hear people talk about it a lot on, uh, Sirius XM. Nice. What the fuck nice. do you guys talk about? Yeah, in America, we, we talk about a lot of stuff, man. We talk about a lot of stuff. Let's let's move on to our next topic here. Why we? By the way, if, if Mike World Order can hear us, go ahead and click on your link. Come on back in. Uh, Liam Savage, if you're still outside by the road, jump back in here as well. I don't know what's going on with that, but... <laughs> RVD is uh, officially H-O-F bound boog we're going to start with you what's your thoughts on rvd and um do you think it is a well-deserved hall of fame nomination of course it's you know it's probably one of the ones that uh made sense i mean 
today it was uh, William Shatner that got yes. uh, put in. You know, the legendary William Shatner. But, um, you know, R- RVD, you know, is uh, probably one of my favorites. You know, from the time that he came into ECW to the time he went into WWE, um, just nothing short of amazing. You know, just, just watching him. You know, he was he was someone that you turned into, you know, turned on every week, you know, wanting to see, you know, um, and I just think he was a great worker, you know, and, and just the pops he got every time he'd come out. I mean, you look at, you know, his entrances, they're, they're, they're legendary, you know, I mean, he's, he's a likable guy and he's, you know, I think honestly for me, you know, he's probably one of the best, high flyers that we've we've seen in this business you know and and uh i'm i'm glad he got in i hope maybe one day there's an actual physical place i can go to see this hall of fame that'd be cool yeah 100 yeah this is true i know they were talking about it at one point in time they were saying they were going to like physically build a building do you anybody remember that that vince mcmahon was talking about he's like yeah we got the hall of fame in canton we should have our own so i i don't know if he'll ever do that i don't know if it's would you say it was would be a profitable thing you guys if there was a standalone wwe hall of fame would that get enough people to want to come in and check it out or do you think mm, i would have it more of a fan access depends where you put it i mean i i think it's all about and over i'll show you i i i really (laughs) think I mean, if if you had it near WWE, WWE headquarters, I mean, you really think anyone's going to fly to Connecticut to see oh. something like that? No, but I mean, maybe Florida. Yeah, I can Vegas. see that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it would really depend on location because you're right. I mean, Boog hits it right on the head here. Who's going to make it a destination vacation to? go to a museum i mean this we're not talking about you know new york or la and it's, you know it's not a fine metropolitan thing that you would look at and say oh we're going to base our whole vacation off of this um it's kind of very niche and unless you're a wrestling fan your your significant other probably is not going to be that thrilled to go um nowadays are you going to take the kids to it maybe maybe not but um yeah, I don't know. And I don't know if I necessarily would want to pay their astronomical prices. I'm sure they would have to even get into this thing. Is there not a wrestling hall of fame somewhere in Texas? I believe there is uh gosh, I want to say, let me see here. Cause I know like the, the boxing hall of fame is in upstate New York in the middle of nowhere. Right. Um, let me see here. So Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, the real brick and mortar Hall of Fame and Museum for Professional Wrestling. So I did find it. Let's see here. It is the admission is free. However, they do request donations. It is the first Wichita building. Uh, 712 8th Street, Suite 100, Wichita Falls, Texas. Good call on that one. Um, if you're interested, you can go to info at pwhf.org or you can go ahead and get a hold of Johnny Mantell at 
pwhf.org. I'm looking at the website right now. Uh, they are unfortunately closed because of the pandemic, but man, the images they have on here is uh, is legit. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put this into the chat because I'll let everybody take a look at this. They've got different uh, ring apparel worn by different stars. They actually have a ring in there, memorabilia, old uh, programs, all that kind of good stuff. So let me go ahead and drop it in here. You guys can click See, around on that one. And something else, too, I think would have to be like really important, too, is you would have to get more people than just you know like you would have to put ecw guys in there you would have to appeal to a lot of these different companies these promotions that they have absorbed over the years you can't just have a, a you know honestly like i wouldn't go just for wwe guys you know i would want to see you know some wcw guys in there some ecw guys i want to see guys who put in their time with other companies you know i think uh some guys had some short-lived you know some short-lived runs and uh, you know, in WWE that killed it in, you know, WCW. And I want to see them be honored for that, you know, um, you know, just, just stuff like that. I think, I think you got to have more people in there than just WWF guys. No, I agree completely. Mike, you're a big new Japan guy and, and obviously kind of the historian here. Does it kind of offend you in some ways that, you know, WWE has used, the platform of being this worldwide conglomerate and the, the biggest promotion there is. And unfortunately, very few people, unless they've graced WWE rings, are they ever truly considered to be in their hall of fame? Now there have been a few exceptions, um, but what's your take on that? I mean, obviously do you look at it as just simply a payday for the guys and, and not necessarily really a accolade, or do you still think there's some level of prestige that it holds? Um, I feel like every year the prestige keeps getting lower and lower based on who they put in. Um, there's so many people that should have been in the Hall of Fame. Um, that's just my opinion, especially you know, and whenever they mention like the Japanese wrestlers and the luchadors, they always give them like they're pretty much mentioned in the background. The, the only ones that have really seen them have gotten on air recognition is probably. Jushin Liger and uh, Mil Mascaris. Uh, everyone else, they just pretty much gave them like a, a legacy version of the uh, Hall of Fame to where you're in the Hall of Fame, but no one's going to know. We're just going to give you this 30-second section of the you know performance while we're giving your name down the list of others. So that's the, the sad part about it. And you figure as much, as many finishers that I've seen copy from Japan every week on NXT and the main roster, you figure they should give some credit. If you've also noticed, they stopped saying the name of uh, Hiroki Goto's move when AJ Styles does it. You notice yeah, they stopped yeah. saying the name of it. Because before they used to say Ushiguroshi. They stopped mm -hmm. saying that now. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez. She uses the... Uh, the finisher of uh, Kensuke Sasaki, the original finisher, the uh, tornado bomb. A lot of people didn't know that. And when you do mention it, they're like, uh, who? <laughs> Just like when it came to Owl Snow and the Snowplow. That came from Akira Hokuto, the Northern Lights bomb. Yeah, but no exactly. One, either they don't know 
or they don't take the time to know. And when you mention it, people are like, no way, dude, you're lying, man. Like, I don't, I don't know. All the people in Japan wrestling know nothing about it. That's what I'm here. It all originates in Japan. And you know what the funny part is? It's uh, here's, here's another fun fact for you guys. You ever notice how a lot of American wrestlers give Canadian wrestlers so much credit for being better wrestlers? Yep. yep. You know the reason why? No. Because the Canadians, <laughs> the Canadian style of wrestling was trained by the Japanese. Think about it. Stampede Wrestling, who were they all trained by other than Stu? They were know. trained by Japanese wrestlers. No, Hiromatsuda's like going to McDonald's and uh, he he was too Americanized. Um, they were trained by, you know, Mr. Hito and Mr. Sakuraba, who a lot of people remember as Kendo Nagasaki on the yep. American circuit. You know, those were the guys that were uh, that were trained a lot of the Canadian wrestlers at Stampede. If you watch Bret Hart's style, a lot of his style and his moves came from, you know, Kendo Nagasaki. And because Plus of that... Liger you know, was there at one point, too. Yeah, Liger was Liger was trained by the Canadians. You know, yep. he helped. Uh, Bad News Brown, he was one of the trainers. And he mm-hmm. learned his yep. pro wrestling from Antonio Inoki. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's that exchange. It's, it's one of those things where, once again, us as Americans, we were so late to the table. You know, even like I said... A lot of people can say what they want about Kenny Omega. I get it. But, yeah, he was a backyard wrestler at one point. We get it. But where did he really stride in the most? Japanese wrestling. That's what he wanted to do. The guy was an otaku before it was cool. Or nerd, as they say in Japan. You can Uh, even look at uh, Chris Jericho in that sense because he was the WAR, right? And he... uh, he got his uh, he got his chops in in Canada and Smoky Mountain, but he ended up going to WAR and FMW and uh, learned a lot more and Germany, but he mm-hmm. learned a lot more from going overseas. Yeah, I mean, and then by the time he got to ECW, he was ready. Yeah, he was ready for prime time. Right, you know, and it, he didn't really get a lot in if you really think about it in FMW because him being a guy in. You know, right. he had a short stint as junior heavyweight champion. He was the first junior tag champion with Ghetto. Um, right. You know, uh, he was one of the pioneers of their junior division. Him along, he was in the same tournament as the one, two, three kid that crowned the first champion. Yeah. You know, so it, it's one of those things. Once again, Canadians were, are so much better because they learned a lot from the Japanese. That's I'm going to jump in here and, and ask you something here. Outside of the fact that it, he probably was a good trainer, who in their right mind is going to go into Stu Hart's basement? Let, let's be oh, honest here. Would you have gone determined. to Stu Hart's basement? Someone that's determined. I would. I, would. I, I mean, he had a nice house. I drove by it. It's, it was a nice house. I just I would I not have that old man time in. Mike and, and, and everybody jumping here with this one, was there so much prestige that was associated with being trained with him? Or do you think that that's just more lore or is there some substance no. behind it? 
No, Freeland, well, it, 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 goes to, it goes to the fact that he trained everybody properly. He made sure you respected the industry, and he made sure that uh, when you came out of his basement, yeah, you're going to be hurting, and you're going to be suffering, but you would damn sure appreciate the fact that every one of those guys that went into the ring that was trained by him really went for it. And he trained so many people and just beat the shit out of them. But you know what? It's it's a whole process where you got to make sure that you really appreciate where you're going into. And you're not just going in there to kind of half-ass like, oh, you know, this is something to do. No, he made sure that you really wanted it. And when you really wanted it, he knew and you were able to go past that. Nice. I mean, so like I think he said, show some discipline. Yeah, right. so I right. guess we're all in agreement here. Rob Van Dam definitely deserving to be a WWE Hall of Famer. Um, want to go on to our kind of our last topic here, which I think is kind of interesting as we're kind of bumping up to the midnight hour here on Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Britt Baker had mentioned that a lot of WWE superstars had reached out to her after her match with Thunder Rosa. First of all, I want to go around the horn here and get everyone's take. We're first going to stop art with stuff off. Start off with Boog. Boog, did you get to check out the match? And what was your take on the Britt Baker Thunder Rosa lights out? I didn't. So, unfortunately, uh, yeah. oh, Boog, you gotta find. I I tell you, you're gonna have to go to uh, you're gonna have to go to YouTube. I believe you can get the match in its entirety. Um, but it's a really really good match and um. We'll check yeah. it out when we get off. Absolutely. It was put together very, very well. Very well. Um, let's let's jump over to Liam. You obviously got to check out the match, correct? Yeah, yeah. We, we might have talked about this previously, and I might be kind of retracing my steps here, but what was your take on the match itself, and are you surprised that other people in the industry reached out to her to congratulate her? No, I'm not, in, I'm not surprised in the least because uh, – they really went for it. Um, the problem I find with uh, Tony Khan's booking is that he seems to find a way on every show or every other show to have a gimmick match. I understand, and uh, I think the point with this match was that he wanted to show that women's wrestling could really hit as hard as the guys do. Uh, they showed that. Thunder Rosa... I mean, what can you say? She, she's got the gimmick down. She's sexy. She's, she's got everything. And she's, she just kicks ass. Britt Baker, she's, um, she's kind of... She started a little slow. She's getting there. And she's, she was really starting to develop. And I thought, well, okay, you know, they're going to have a match good. But when I saw this, you know, she really, uh, really kind of took it to the next level. Um, I don't think she necessarily did a blade job, but everybody's saying she did. Um, but who knows? It could, if it was Hardaway or a blade job, it doesn't matter. She was selling the shit out of her ability and just the fact that she had the blood all on her face. It looked great. It was a great visual. Um, I'm not, like I said, 100% on the, you know, kind of death matches, uh, weapons matches, any of that, um, especially with hindsight after so many years of watching. But... Um, they really pulled it out, and they made a spectacle. And uh, if NXT doesn't do something similar soon, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. And I'm saying that as a fan of the old NXT. But if they don't start, you know, producing, 
that's going to be a problem. And I can totally see why everybody was hitting her up afterwards because uh, they're probably thinking, you know what? I've been kind of kept under for a while and I need to go to that next level. And maybe if I inquire with AEW, they can take me to, to that point, you know? No, I agree. I think a lot of people have also said that, you know, you'd made a great comment about Britt Baker starting out a little on the slow side when right. it came to really start ramping up. She started to try to be a baby face in the beginning and yep. the fans completely shit on her and they weren't buying it whatsoever. So all of a sudden she started to be kind of a dick. And the whole thing with Tony Schiavone, I think, was the catalyst for things to really start to ramp up. And she became really more of herself. Um, yep. And I really think that she's become really the top heel in the promotion, in my opinion, because she can work, she can talk, and I believe she absolutely can can get people to, to buy tickets as well. Um, let me let me go to Christopher here. What what's your take on Britt Baker? I'm obviously we've seen the evolution of her. Do you think we're we're seeing the the pinnacle of her, or do you think well, we still got a little ways to go? Still a little ways to go. First off, about that match, I was 100% wrong. I came out and said I didn't think there was going to be anything special about that match. That match was fantastic. I I wasn't even close. Uh, Britt is very good on the mic. Like you said, her and Shivani, fantastic. I'm a big Tony Shivani guy. She's got to work a little bit into the, in the ring. Not to say she's not talented. She is. 100% talented. She's a great talker. She's working her way up. I think Britt is fantastic. And I was the, one of the first people to knock on her before. I was wrong. She could be something special. Thunderosa is definitely something special. I think everybody can agree on that. Or if you don't agree on that, you're wrong. <laughs> it's no, that was a great match. Rip Baker is going to be something special. Great mic work. You know, she's getting there in the ring. She still has a little bit of tweaking to do. And whether she bladed or that was a hard way, does it make a difference? No. It, it, was, it was a good match. It was surprising seeing women bleeding in a match and a hardcore match. We don't see that a lot. I know they do that a little bit over in Japan. We don't see that a whole lot over here in North America, or maybe I just don't. I don't know. It was fantastic. I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I'll get on the Britt Baker bandwagon. Nice. Uh, Mike World Order here, Mr. Cook. What's your take? Did you get to officially see that match? And if you did, be very curious as a historian and a connoisseur, um, what was your take on it? And do you think it fits with women wrestling i truly think so um i honestly think this was regardless of what many dirt sheets and all that can say i think this was truly Britt baker's breakout match um thunder rosa to me she's been the mvp within the past couple of years she went from being the overlooked tag partner of holly dead when they were the twisted sisters to basically breaking out on her own, you know, being a two-sport athlete, doing MMA, starting her own wrestling promotion. Um, Thunder Rosa has really been like the women's wrestling hustler. 
the past couple of years. So anything about Thunder Rosa, I got nothing but good things to say. But this is pretty much the moment where Britt Breaker should get the credit that's due. Do I think she's ready for that next level? No. I don't think she's ready for NXT. I honestly think she will get lost in the shuffle. Not because she's dating Adam Cole, but she would just get lost in the shuffle right now. For someone like Britt Baker, she needs to get more experience in other promotions. Like She got her start in Ring of Honor. She got her feet wet there. Then she went to AEW. Personally, if it was me, with the connections that they got right now with AEW with the Forbidden Door, stop wasting the potential on promotions like Ice Ribbon and Gato Move. Take Britt Baker to stardom. Stardom is right now the number one women's promotion. Or if she really wants to get her teeth grinded in, have her go to Oz Academy. Okay? Mayumi Ozaki, former female wrestler in WCW, all Japan ladies legend. She owns her own promotion, Oz Academy. Been owning it for the past 20 plus years. She'd be perfect in that promotion as a heel. Because it's there's no shade of gray. Either a good guy or you're a bad guy. And even a good guy, you're pretty much a shit-kicking ass, you know, beating person. I can she just needs to get more experience in other areas. She needs to get, you know, different styles. I'm not saying that she's basic, but up until that match with Thunder Rosa, I looked at Britt Baker as basic. And of course, being you know, going against an internationally seasoned talent like Thunder Rosa, who's been to Mexico and Germany and Japan and all sorts. She's been there. You know, she's got that exposure. Britt Baker, not so much. I think if they're smart, have her go on an international excursion. Like, find a way to take her off AEW TV, have her go on an international excursion, and come back, you know, on a different level. Because I think that's the only thing missing. She's got the character because honestly, the last dentist gimmick we've seen was a complete failure. Yeah, speaking of that, that's a great segue because the last uh, dentist guy that we saw um, was obviously Isaac Yankum, which was now known to everyone as Kane. And Kane's going to be going into the WWE Hall of Fame as well, not to be jumping back to a topic we've already hashed around, but. So with with Britt Baker, let me ask you this. Britt Baker, good. Thunder Rosa, obviously better. Mike, do you feel that there's some inadequacies within the women's division within the AEW? And if so, where do you think that they could kind of lift that division? Easy. They, like I said, they need to expand with a more stronger women's promotion. No offense, I get it because Kenny Omega got connections with you know, Ice Ribbon and Gato move because, mind you, their first women's champion, Rio. Let's face it, other than her being the first women's champion, the only thing we knew about her was she was the little girl that took an enziguri from Kenny Omega. You know, she was that same little girl. Was so, she that 12-year-old kid that he had that match yes, with? Yes, it was. I always and, had that. I wondered about that. Okay. And the tag partner that helped her, the other little girl that helped her? Right. So That's Sari. She got signed to NXT. Okay. So 
No offense to Hikaru Shida because she paved her way too. She's been in stardom, Oz Academy, JWP, all those other promotions. Pro Wrestling Wave. Um, she's had her share. But that's pretty much the only solid woman you got. You know, had we not had, you know, the Thunder Roses and the Serena Deeps, they need to work with a stronger promotion. They really do. Because, like I said, Ice Ribbon, I get it. You know, Maki Ito, she came from Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. That's pretty much a wrestling promotion where you look at the women, you think they're models. And I get that. But, you know, and hopefully 2021 is supposed to be the the return of Gaia Japan, which was pretty much like the WCW equivalent to women's wrestling owned by wrestling legends Chigusa Nagaya. I heard that's supposed to be coming back this year. If AEW was smart, they need to find a working relationship with that because Gaia has North American exposure. Nagaya's wrestled for WWF. She's been in WCW. A lot of her female wrestlers been in WCW. Mako Satomura, Toshi Uematsu, uh, Kira Hokuto, all of them were in WCW. And the crazy part is, they are still wrestling right now to this day. Like Satomura's in NXT, but mind you, she was only like 15 years old when she debuted in WCW. You know? Wow. They just need a stronger women's wrestling base. Like, I get it. They also got their homegrown talent. Anna Jay was one that was starting to get her stride before the injury. Tay Conti, she went from being NXT jobber to being a serious contender to the women's title. You know, Nyla Rose. It's a different topic for me. But, (laughs) you know, they just need a stronger women's division. Right. Because every there's, like I said, with the roster they got, only ten percent of them I can take seriously. You know, Impact's got a better women's roster. Do you think? And let me kind of throw this out here as well to everybody, kind of a round table discussion with this woman's name in particular. We haven't heard her name brought up very much recently. We're going to go to Boog first. Tessa Blanchard, what's your take? Do you think she should be given a second shot? Oh, Boog is gone. Boog, Boog. <laughs> Boog I said Tessa Blanchard, and Boog told me that I should go find a bathroom stall. Uh, let's go to Liam first. Liam, Tessa yes. Blanchard has enough time passed to where at this stage we can say, you know what, let's let's bring you back into the fold, or do you think, eh, nope, that's still a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths? You know, I, I think so in a way. Uh, she... A lot, a lot of was made about what she had said, uh, you know, on Twitter and all that. And um, she, she used a lot of the race stuff. Um, I understand that's going to offend a lot of people. Uh, when you look at the wrestling industry, um, look at how anything can be turned into an angle, right? I mean, not to say that you should use race as an angle or anything like that, but my point is. People forget easily, or they say, well, you know, we can turn this into a story. Um, set that aside. When The first time I saw her, she was in the Mayon Classic in WWE. Excellent. I thought she was just amazing. And I knew she had her father's genes right away. I thought she was excellent. And I wanted her to go all the way. She didn't. Uh, and then she went above and beyond. She won the Impact World title, you know, which, you know, 
we can all kind of say what we want about that, but um, she has the pedigree, she has the talent, and she may have the controversy that goes with her, but she's also probably one of the biggest names out there right now that hasn't been signed with anybody. And with that, uh, you know, there can be a lot of attention that is put on her, whether it's negative or positive. I mean, that remains to be seen how the promoter does it, but uh, I think she's an asset to anybody right now. Uh, Mike, what's your take on this Tessa Blanchard? Obviously, there's a lot of there's a lot of baggage that comes with that. Do you feel like she can maybe apologize? Can she ever earn? some of that respect back and she ingratiate herself or do you think at this point true colors have been shown and sometimes you can't wash that off i i look at it like this and i know i'm probably gonna get a lot of shit for it but just hear me out if there were social media 30 40 years ago in pro wrestling especially during the 80s do you really think any of these wrestlers would have a break now? No. no. Nope. No way. But that didn't stop us from watching them, right? Correct. I rest my case. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I mean, guys, uh, the reason why we're hearing about a lot of this stuff is because we are so interconnected now with Facebook, with Twitter, with Twitch, with um, you name it. Uh, everyone, it, it's very an instantaneous society we live in now. Um, anything that happens, breaking news, things happen now. And sometimes it's good because we're able to shine light on uh, injustices that are happening in society. And we have the ability now to say, hey, look, here it is. However, um, in the same breath, there's a lot of things that a lot of people have done that a lot of people would not have agreed with. And we just they just didn't get caught. They, they just weren't overheard. And, and Mike makes a great point. But in the same breath, you can't forget what you've seen and you can't forget what you've heard. Oh, of course not. So like, do we do do we do we say, hey, you know what? He who cast the, you know, or uh, however that phrase goes, gotta sound like Biden right now. Um yeah, you know that thing about he who stone should be, yeah. I right. mean, like like I said. You know, if it was a different time, if we had this during a different time frame, yeah, a lot of people would have been exposed. I get it. What she did wasn't right. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I think she took her lashings. I think it's time we need to see Tessa Blanchard back in the ring. We forgave, we didn't forget, but we forgave Hulk Hogan. So it should be no different with Tessa Blanchard. Right. We're not going to forget what she did. No. By all means. I mean, you can but, even look at Hulk Hogan, or not Hulk Hogan, uh, Shawn Michaels, for instance. Michael. I mean, look at look at, look at at this. He was such a shit disturber for mm-hmm. so many years. And, I mean, yeah. talent aside, you can kind of parallel that with Tessa Blanchard. Amazing talent, but a shit disturber. Okay? Look where Shawn Michaels is now. I mean, he's, he's, on, the, he's on the Mount Rushmore for God knows how many people. Right. Tessa Blanchard, she is so young and so talented that if she could try to, you know, put some of that stuff aside, man, can you imagine the ceiling? It's it's ridiculous. 
Well, I guess at the end of the day, um, we'll find out. I, I think that, you know, Tessa is is starting to do a little bit more, obviously, as the, the pandemic starts to, the, the restrictions start to lift a little bit. Um, I never like to see anybody lose their way of making a living. I also don't encourage people to be hateful pricks. However, <laughs> with that being said, with what Mike did say, if someone takes their lashings and shows true contrition and does want to change and learn from these situations, I'm okay with that if it's genuine. If it's not, and all of a sudden we start hearing some other stuff, and that's really their true colors, you're out, you're gone. Um, but I, I agree with you completely, Liam. I think she is incredibly talented, and I yep. think she will eventually land somewhere. Uh, Dalton Castle resigned with Ring of Honor. Um, whether or not we end up seeing um, Marty Skrull end up going anywhere, I know that's kind of a touchy issue as well. Uh, you know, Joey, um, good gone. Brian, Joey, unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know necessarily. Ooh. I don't know if we'll necessarily see that redemption happen. Um, I hope he's blacklisted forever. Let me let me let me throw this in. Let me throw this to my my good friend Christopher. I just threw out some names here. All right, sounds like we're willing to maybe move on, but somebody like a Marty Squirrel or somebody like a Joey Ryan, do you feel like that's in a different stratosphere than just saying something hateful? Oh, oh, absolutely. Like, listen, anybody that tells you category. they have never said something hateful, politically incorrect or whatever, is full of shit. Everybody has. That's just the way it is. Whether it be you're mad and you fly off the handle and you say something stupid. Right. Or you're, or you're trying to be funny and you're using insensitive or incorrect words. We've all done it. Everybody yep. has. Not saying it's right. It isn't, especially in today's day and age. God help us all. However, some of the stuff you hear about Joey Ryan doing, brother, you're a piece of shit. That's, that's <laughs> not that's not one of those that hey, I slipped up, you know, I, I said something dumb. Hey, give me a break. Like, I don't know. If you, you, Marty Squirrel, I haven't heard anything about him. I can't form an opinion. Joey Ryan, man, you're a scumbag. You can go fuck yep. your hat. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it, it's interesting because I, I believe who did I talk to? I was working with uh God, was it I was working with Dave Penzer when I did a show with him. And I know who it was. It was Al Snow. Al Snow made the comment. He said, You gotta look at wrestlers. And, and I'm not trying to to paint with a broad brush here. He said, But we're an eclectic group of people. He goes, We're 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 different. He goes, I mean, we're not the suit and tie type of people. Um, he said that I know some people who, if they weren't in wrestling, they'd be in jail. Um, mm -hmm. There are some very violent people, and there's some, you know, not the greatest people either. So I think we need to remember that these are people, but we also need to realize we shouldn't necessarily idolize these people. And I think we should enjoy what they provide for us on camera, and we, we should probably just keep a nice distance from that with the few exceptions of some of the people that we've gotten to build relationships with. But I think we, we draw that connection to people like, Oh, I love such and such. You never met them before my friend, you know, unless you actually know them, I think you might want to 
hold off on making any big type of uh, statements on who these people are because we we don't. So, but yeah, people who are predators, um, not not a fan of that, not cool with that. That's not like saying a slur or saying something like that, which you should get ball busted and you should you should get your head screwed off a couple of times for doing that because in this world there's no room for hate. But uh, predatory stuff, you know, and I'm not I'm not saying I'm just saying what I've heard. Some things, you know, what, what not. Uh, you got to be careful with that. And and I'm just, I'm not going near that. And I don't blame any promoter for not wanting to necessarily go near that either. If what they're saying, Joey Ryan did, is true and legit, fuck me. Come on. Like, how terrible of a person are you? Like, yep. this just, that's just fucked. Yeah, if there's you a lot just of. You can't be that type of person. You're a scumbag. You are. 100% straight up piece of shit. There you hey, Period. let's cut and run in the discussion. I like it. Okay. I like it. Guys, it has been an incredible evening, an incredible evening. Um and I'm not trying to cut anybody off here, but we are past the midnight hour and I know people have to get to bed, get some rest, get some sleep. Um before we throw it to a close, which doesn't happen very often on this show. I'd first like to thank uh, Silas Young, who was with us in part one and part two of tonight's episode. I'm going to post some links to where you can follow Silas on social media, where you can get his merchandise as well. Tremendously good guy. Love him very, very much. I also want to thank Boog uh, for coming in here. Um, He went ahead and he hooked me up with these AEW figures. I appreciate that tremendously great guy. He will be back on the panel again, Boog. Um, Sometimes things happen with technology. Trust me, we know all about that here. Trust There's me, no... it happened twice already. Yeah. It happens. It ha- Mike, yeah. Mike, Mike, Mike is the only one who's professional. He's got his knowledge. He's got his notes. He's probably got five screens up right now watching different nope. things. Nope. No screens. It's all... it's all up here. You need the screens, not me. I need the screens. <laughs> I need pills. Or, or you, can always, you can always reach out if you're not sure. Well, you know what? Let's do that right now. Let's first start off with Liam. Liam, if people would like to con- continue this conversation on social media, would love to get your takes. Plug where they can find you, uh, all your credentials, all that stuff. Go ahead and throw that out. Okay. Um, Savage Liam, uh, L-I-A-M, on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Liam Savage. Uh, not much else besides that. Um, just catch me here every week, uh, just talking with everybody, uh, whether I'm on the panel or not, I'll be in the chat. Awesome. Awesome. Follow him too, guys. Follow Liam. Really, really great wrestling mind. A lot of fun. He loves to interact with listeners. Definitely support him as well. My good friend, Christopher, Christopher, give the fine, fine audience, all the details on how they can find you, follow you. And if they'd like to continue this conversation. So on Twitter, it's G-O-T-N-E-W-F-2291. I'm on Instagram. I don't know what the fuck I am on that. (laughs) So I can't help you with that. It's something to do with my name. I don't really know. Uh, Give me a minute. I'm working on it. (laughs) You know what? As he's he's working on it. I am Chris, period, (laughs) but, period, (laughs) Nine two one zero. What is with you? What the what the hell is with the numbers? 
I don't know. What's with the number? Chris well, dot two, butt two, dot. 2291 was the last four digits of my phone number growing up. Okay. That's where I came up with that. This 9210, I don't know. Was Maybe. that one of those... Was it one of those? They did it for me. I, don't I was going to say, they, they normally do that kind of horseshit. They're like, well, uh, the name Christopher Butt's taken, but you can be Christopher Butt, you know, 8674309. You know. When your last name is Butt Freeland, yeah. your options are not great. No, you, you don't. You're right. Your options are not op- great. That's just the way it is. And I'm technologically handicapped. So yeah. I just can't figure this stuff out. I probably clicked the button that said random or okay or something, and this is what I got. You got I lucky clicked tonight. the okay button. You, yeah. you should change. You know what you should do? You should change your name to the ass man. And I the think I tell you what, the ass man, and it would go over huge with the audience. Um, we'll see what we could, Or you could go by Bud Unit. Bud oh. Unit. <laughs> yeah. We'll see Speaking- what I can do, gentlemen. Speaking of the unit, I'm going to wrap this out again. I don't know if you guys have been following my Twitter machine, but I have been tweeting during this segment, and I tweeted out some stuff. I tweeted out a link where you can find and subscribe to um, the Mike World Order YouTube channel, also where you can go ahead and get your Mike World Order merchandise. I'm going to continue to plug that. This is going to be airing on MLW Radio Network on Friday morning. So everyone who downloads this – wow, it's getting late. I can't Downloads. Downloads. Follow the Mike World Order. His name is Mike Cook. You can find him on social media. Mike, give him the details. Oh, I thought you was going to do it for me, but okay. You already got me buttered up. So um, you can find me on Instagram at Mike World Order. You can find me on Twitter at Mike Unit. That's Mike with five eyes. Don't blame me. Blame Mikey Whipwreck. It was his idea. I just rolled with it. You can, for Mike World Order merchandise, tinyurl.com slash mwo merch that's for the t-shirts the baby outfits if you're looking for additional stuff thongs face masks those are separate orders you'd have to get at me with wow that. that's right i got mike world order logo on thongs and i've had women wear i'll be furious Exactly. I'm gonna wear one one week no stop stop you can find me on YouTube. Just look me up. <laughs> hashtag Mike World Order Central. And also, special order. My niece, I posted the photos. I sent them to Freeland. You can send them and mooch off of that. Mike Buddies. That's right. Mike Cook Wrestling Buddies. Coming soon through Brothers Gador in New York. And it will also be the official Mike Buddy t-shirt. For those who are interested, that'll be coming soon as well, too. See, no, you cannot have a mic buddy. No. Hey, you want me to take a mic buddy to night night? You no. go night night. No, because no, I can see that now. You're a grown man with a mic buddy, and as soon as your wife is like, "Good night, Michael," and then next thing you know, you turn over. Aren't you going to say good night to Mike Buddy? Yeah. Really, you going to bed with that again? You're a grown ass man, Mike Freeland. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all can agree. I'm not a grown ass anything. I'm I'm really not. We're we're wrestling but fans. We are, but we are also family guys. Follow Mike World Order. Like I said before, I am gonna go ahead and put that out there. Follow Christopher Butt, follow Liam Savage, uh, follow Boog, follow Anton, ECW fan, uh, Travis Boham, everybody who has joined us tonight. I cannot say thank you enough. It has been fun. 
It has been an extra long episode. Thank you again to Silas Young. Support him as well. Is there anything else that we've left out? See you My next cook week. for president? Yeah. My cook for president. Why not? I would get behind <laughs> that completely. 100%. My cook for prime minister. I'll move to Canada. I oh, need by, the way, by the way, really quickly, we got some really, really great news. Um, Mikey obviously had to come in and help me out because – just technical issues, but Mikey is saying that he will be back. We don't have an exact date yet, but we do know the Whipwreck Man will be back again. Also, if you would be so kind to follow and or subscribe to our Twitch channel, I'm going to unplug this phone here that Jay Lethal thinks that my my outlet is uh, awkwardly placed. With it. it is. I love Jay. I'm going to get Jay to come back again because that guy is just he's fun it was a party it wasn't an interview it was a party so i want to share this with you really quick about the people that i am talking to uh to come on the show so let me pull this up here really quickly and i'm going to leave a couple of these um as teasers i'm not going to tell you exactly but i'm going to tell you some people who are scheduled to come on the program uh raj gary from wrestling inc he is the uh the creator and the founder known Raj for a while. He's going to be coming on. Tyler Fullington, he is the son of the Sandman. So we are going to be talking to him what it was like growing up as a child in the industry. Um, Zach Haydorn, he is with Pro Wrestling Torch. He will be joining us as well. C.W. Anderson, Bill Alfonso, Roxy, Vert Vixen, and about three or four other people that I am going to keep private until it is time to release it. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I've had very, very many opportunities to talk to people. So many, many more people, uh, including uh, Tombstone Jesus as well. We're going to be bringing That's him on. That's the greatest name ever. As well. And I am working on Grado as well. So, so many names, guys. Things, hey, when you bring back Francine. I will. Hey, hey. Franny said she would do a recorded um, episode because her scheduling conflicts aren't able to be the same time at night so all those people are soon to be coming the dates will be released in the forthcoming weeks but just to let you know stick with us follow us it is going to get really good guys it's going to be a great summer here on front row material yes and jim molino as well jim molino yes jim molino has reached out as well jim molino is going to be coming on the program as well there's so many things that are going on i'm so excited this thing has really really taken off and more people are wanting to uh, to come on the show. So, wow. My mouth feels like sandpaper because I've talked for the last three and a half hours. But uh, final final comments uh, from Mike or from Christopher, the floor is yours. Any last comments that you'd like to leave our listeners with this week? Mike? So if you do get Francine on the show, right, I just want to like give a shout out, maybe get down on one knee, my good knee, possibly propose. Tell her that she's thick like pancake batter and all that. Wear a Mike World Order t-shirt. I would personally ship to her. You can be the middleman, Mike. I don't care. You know, I don't even want an eight by 10. I, you know, just special recognition. Look, I don't even take her saying no to my proposal. Francine, if you're out there listening, all right? I wanted you since I was 10 years old. All right, you was my crush. That and Connie Chung from CNN. Connie, Connie Chung. Chung. Oh. 
Yeah, that was my first ever crush as a kid, Connie Chung. Maury Povich has really got it going on right now. I hate he? Maury Povich. No, but he's got Connie. Screw the show. Exactly, that's why. He's got the Chung. Exactly. He took my, that was my boo thing, man. She made me look forward to watching WCW Saturday night. I used to watch her on the news. My parents are thinking, oh, look at little Mike. He just paying attention to the news. Hell no, I'm looking at Connie Chung. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you whatsoever, don't judge, my friend. Don't judge me, Mike. No, we don't won't. But, but but if there's a chance that, that you could... Uh, I'm judging a little bit. Cuddle with... If she would cuddle with a, a Mike Cook buddy doll, what would you think about that? I'd make it happen. <laughs> That's what I love, Mike, and we love you. Christopher, what are your last thoughts that you would like to leave the audience with this week? Any other lasting comments, and, you know, thoughts, anything to, to that extent? Just be good to each other. Simple as that. Just be good, stay safe, stay healthy. Don't be a scumbag. Spread drink a little a bit. Yeah, definitely have a drink. I mean, fuck. Come on, now. Right? If not, I'll have it for you. <laughs> Just be good to people. Be good to one another. Look out for your friends, your family. You never know who could need what. Somebody might just need to talk. Look out for each other. That's about it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I love all of you. Thank you so much for letting us come into your evening and allocating just a small portion, maybe a little bit more this week, but a small portion of your time to have some fun with us, maybe laugh, maybe kick back a few drinks and uh, in, indulge in what we like to refer to as family time around the table when we talk about wrestling. Guys, the show's going to be dropping on Friday morning at 5 a.m. on the MLW Radio Network or anywhere else that you find your fine podcasts. If you'd like to support Mikey and Jerry, go ahead and go to Pro Wrestling Tees. Go ahead and get their stuff. Mikey has his Etsy store, and he is back in stock. I believe action figures, 8x10s, all that kind of stuff is now officially back and ready to go. Um, that's about it. I don't have anything else. So for Boog, for Liam, a.k.a. Vince Russo Jr., a.k.a. Jesus, for our good friend Anton, for Big Daddy Beard who is not here, for the Rit who's probably in bed because he has to get up and work at 3 a.m. in the morning, for Silas, and for Mike Unit and my good friend The Butt from Canada. I am Mike Freeland. It's been good. It's been real. It's been real good. And we will catch you next week on Front Row Material. Let me see if I can throw it to the close. See ya! Stops.